Okay, uh, welcome to the Roaming Podcast, episode 9, and today we're talking about, well, we're just talking. We'll see what it's about at the end. Exactly. <laughs> how, how have you been? How's your week been? It's been great. Mm-hmm. Um, no complaints overall, you know. Okay. It's another day, another day in paradise. How about you? How's everything? Pretty good. Pretty good. Been working, chilling, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Preparing for 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 the onsets of November, which we talked about last last episode. Yes, yes. Happy November first. Happy November first. Day okay. of recording. I, I also agreed to do NaNoWriMo with my sister as well. What so, is that? So that's National Novel Writing Month, in which oh. you try to write a fifty thousand word novel in a month. Yeah. So. This is a perfect time to give up your vices, then. Exactly. So you have to write um, 1,667 words a day to hit the target. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. it's going to be an interesting month. Hey, man, you got this. <laughs> oh, thank you. I, I think so, too. But whew, i actually just been thinking about that um, that Marcus Aurelius quote mm-hmm. where he's like, uh, who am I but or something like that, but uh, what I say I'll do. So if I say I'll throw a stone in the river for 30 days, yeah, I won't, on the 15th day, I won't throw two stones so I can skip tomorrow. Mm. And if I skip today, if I forget today, I won't say, oh, I'll just throw two tomorrow. I'll go back and pick up a stone and throw it in because that's what I said I would do. Yeah. Yeah. And I won't cast a handful of stones in and be like, all right, I've thrown <laughs> them all in. Let's be done with this. Just, 30 stones. I'm done. Yeah. I'm just like, no, I said one a day and that's what I'm going to do. And that's what I've really been working on. That's good. A man of of intention, a person who's who holds true to their convictions. Yes. It's the only way to really live nowadays. It's like we have to kind of be what we say we're gonna be in yeah. order for everything to make sense. And who we, and who we say we're gonna be because I find a lot of um, a lot of men say things, and I've been and I've been uh, guilty of it too, which mm-hmm. is why I've started paying attention to it. But a lot of men say they're gonna do things. But they never actually get around to doing them, or they like in the heat of the moment, they're like, "Oh, this is gonna be this, this, this." Yeah. And uh, they, when the when that like passion dies down, they're not like prepared to go forward. Yeah, it's like it's like we're full of um, we're full of intentions, but very little actions because a lot of times we have lofty goals, mm-hmm. so we oversell ourselves and then under deliver in a lot of cases. It's kind of it's kind of like we. In a way, we have to find a balance of humility, but also just self-awareness mm-hmm. where we're like, okay, I will only say that I will do the things which I am capable of doing. Mm-hmm. And once I say them, I try to set goals in order to maintain and live up to those expectations in a timely manner. Yeah. And, uh, I don't know. It just seems, it seems like, and I've been practicing with other things like, um, I said to myself, like, once my alarm goes off, and I have two alarms. Yeah. Once the second one goes off, because they're four minutes apart. They're mm-hmm. both set for 6 a.m., but the clocks are four minutes apart. So once the second alarm goes off, that's the main alarm. Because they don't know I have the other one. Yeah. But once it goes off, I cannot go back to sleep. Yeah, it's like, a, you have, it's like you have that first alarm that lets you know, hey, I'm supposed to be up. But because we're always used to, like, the snooze, you just mm-hmm. give yourself the snooze alarm. I'm literally the same one. Yeah. And so, so it's like, I cannot <laughs> go back to sleep. And once I'm up, I'm up. All right, now it's time to go to the gym. Now it's time to, like, like write. And, like, like I have a book of reflection. Yeah. And, you know, gratitudes, affirmations, things like that. 
So it's like, okay, now it's time to write in this. Now it's time to like work out. Now it's time to do this. I have, to, I have a checklist of things to do in the morning. You have to do this every morning. Yep. And then another checklist of, okay, these are what you're doing today. Yeah, it's like, I mean, it's like, it's like what we were talking about last week when it came to like men and the masculine kind of falls into a state of order. And in and we kind of fall apart as men when we don't have the ability to maintain a certain level of order so mm-hmm. setting routines for yourself which are both lofty attainable but also rewarding in and of themselves is fantastic it's mm-hmm. like it's not too much on your plate but at least you know that you you've kind of set yourself up accordingly to start the day mm-hmm. and especially in the morning time and at night are the best times because it doesn't force you to kind of like it doesn't force you to necessarily break out of an out of a daily out of a, a routine that's already happening, mm-hmm. right? Like, like sometimes I'll try to do stuff in the middle of the day, and I'll find that so many things have happened in the freedom of the day that I don't necessarily I end up having like either speed myself up mm-hmm. or try to catch time to get to those things. But when I but I also do agree, like when when I do them in the morning time, mm-hmm. like right when I wake up, all I've done is just wake up. So that that time is completely free. When I'm yeah. going to bed, I'm just going to bed. So setting setting good routines between those two periods of time is fantastic, yeah. man. And I uh, I have fallen in love with doing the things for me in the morning. So I'll wake up and I'll squeeze them in. Even if I have to like work at like nine, I'll still squeeze them in somehow. Yeah. The yeah. three hours between waking up and having to go to work, I'll squeeze them in because it's like, why would I give the freshest energy I have to someone else? Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, now is the time. I've just woken up. So this is the point where I'm going to have the most energy. Throughout, after I get over the like sleepy grogginess, mm-hmm. I have the most energy throughout the day. This is the point where I'll be the most focused. This is the point where, you know, everything is at its pinnacle because you've just rested. You're fully rested. You just got up. Yeah. It's like, then I'm going to just, what, take it to work and give it to my boss who's going to pay me minimum wage? He's That's like, no, I'm going yeah. to go and lift weights. I'm going to go work on my business. I'm going to go do my own thing, right? And then as my focus and everything starts to diminish, okay, now I can give it to everyone else. Well, it's not even just that. You also create a mental schema. Like, you create a... You create um. You create a set of I- of identifiers, which then create the rest of your day. It's mm-hmm. like if you wake up and you and you do things that are productive, organized, positive, successful, and just uh, goal achieving. Mm-hmm. You set up the rest of your day to also be the same way because you're affirming you're affirming a certain version of yourself which you want to then carry on to the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. So working out, focusing on your business, getting all your stuff set up means that by the time you're at work, you've already set up that you're a productive individual. This means that when you're at work, you're going to be a productive individual, and it carries on, snowballs over until the nighttime, where if you've had a fantastic day that's already been set up, now you're just cementing it before bed you're doing other organized things so now you know even after a long day i'm still a productive individual yeah which is which is hard long day part is hard because after a long day you just want to sit down and like yeah go into a comatose state Mm -hmm. of watching the same jokes told in different tv shows you're just like all right i just want to chill but it's like nah, i have to keep it keep it going which it's hard. No, legit. Actually, one thing that I've started to really do, especially now that I have a little bit extra free time, mm-hmm. um, is I don't... I now don't... I always do a little bit of meal prepping mm-hmm. on a daily basis rather than on a weekly basis. Before, what I used to do was just prep everything on Sunday and then just 
pack up some stuff and carry mm-hmm. it as I go, right? Mm-hmm. But I find that the process of actually cooking my meals on a daily basis kind of gives me a, an extra sense of accomplishment that allows me to better not only appreciate my time better, mm-hmm. but also appreciate my actions. Because it's like the reason why most people meal prep like on a Sunday or a Saturday is because it's the weekend. You have a lot of free time. You can do whatever you want, right? But in doing so, you basically say that throughout the week, you don't have any time. Like, you're always going, like you're always behind on time. Mm-hmm. Like, for me anyways, the, me actually doing that on a daily basis kind of just affords me the luxury of knowing, hey, what if what I do with my time is up to me. And if I want to make time, I can make time. Yeah. Okay, fair so, enough. I just love cooking every day. Like, I'll, I have, only really need to eat three or four times a day. I try to make sure that I have my smoothie, I have my breakfast, mm-hmm. and I have my dinner. But I don't, I don't even carry really anything to work. So I'll sit down, make breakfast, eat breakfast, and then I'll make a smoothie for when I need to go when I'm at work. And then when I get home, like I'm making a, I'm making like soup and like ramen and all this different stuff. And it take, and it's like different combinations of food that you have to like chop up and mm-hmm. saute and and really put into something and it, it takes a lot longer but the but it feels more rewarding especially when i'm coming home at 9 p.m mm-hmm. knowing that i won't be able to eat until well 8 8 30 won't be able to eat until like 9 30 but the actual process of going through that makes the food more rewarding for yeah. me yeah it's, it's more rewarding than ordering it i'm not for ordering it you like feel not only do you feel bad physically because the food's not that great for you mm-hmm. you feel bad mentally because you're like fuck i probably should have saved that money like and especially if you're especially now if you're getting takeout because you don't really want to go anywhere so mm-hmm. it's like you're ordering food and you know that and you know that the order time it would roughly be the same amount of time it would take to actually start cooking it yeah that's literally the thing that i kept on going in my head that's the reason why i actually started doing it i was like mm. it's like if i wanted this i could have just ordered it or no, i could have just made, made it, it rather yeah. than ordered it and even even cost wise like me going to buy um like a week's a week or two weeks worth of food ends up costing a lot less than it would just for that one order yeah. the only thing that i ended up saving is a little bit of time yeah. but what i free time a little bit of free time but what i would have done with that free time anyways let's sit on sit on my phone yeah wait play video games, play video done, games. Done something completely that's a complete waste of time exactly which then affirms that even though i'm thinking hey i don't have all this free time yeah. i don't have time at all i do have time I just don't know how to properly manage or use my time. Yeah. So the affirming of actually having to f- prep my meals just makes me go, okay, I have, I have a good understanding of my time mm-hmm. and I'm responsible with my time, which affirms the rest of my day. Mm-hmm. And especially now where I'm like, my day is literally spent doing a billion and one things, either for my career or for other other ventures, and I'm literally finding that the universe is not actually giving me free time anymore, knowing that it's not because of the fact that I'm wasting my time, but because I actually don't have the time, mm-hmm. has really helped like change the way I look at things. Yeah. I am, um, on the other hand, and like on a different foot, though I work, I still have <clears throat> seem to have a lot of free time. Okay. And I am not quite sure why, but but 
I thing is I tend to whittle away free time if I don't have a structure in place. Mm-hmm. So what I and if I over structure myself, I tend to whittle away free time because I obviously don't see these yeah. large block of activities and I'm like I don't fucking want to do this. Yeah. I don't want to, yeah. So uh, what's managed to get me going and like kept me going, especially a lot last year when I was really working on my first draft, was the idea of rewarding myself. Okay. So it's like figuring out what at the moment I really enjoy doing, like what game I really enjoy playing, like paying attention to my action or what I really enjoy watching or, you know, and then taking that and being like, okay, after two hours of work, you can do this for 30 minutes. You can do this for an hour mm-hmm. and then we'll get back to work, but you can like just chill, you can relax, you can eat this food, you can go out. And it actually helps me be more productive throughout the day because in the morning you have like all the willpower, but in the afternoon it's like carrot and stick now i have yeah. someone has to pull you through all this activity mm-hmm. um i like that a lot actually i mean because it's like um in those moments you're not only because the the brain can only focus on a certain activity for so long and especially ones that are super tedious mm-hmm. it's good to it's good to have that break to kind of give you almost a reset and especially if it's something that will help give you a reward center, you create a pattern of continuous benefits. It's like, because yeah, it, we don't like we don't like working as just as natural human beings. It's like nobody really goes through the day like, hey, I just wanna just wanna just wanna feel like yeah. shit, right? That's why I don't have a dream job. I don't dream of labor. What? <laughs> <laughs> that's the truth. You know, I don't dream of labor. What? I have a dream like vocation that's just chilling yeah. on a beach. Yeah. That's it. It's like we have passions, but we don't necessarily have jobs that we go. Oh well, this is this is it's, this brings me absolute joy. Yeah, no. working, slaving away these hours I could be spending <laughs> with my family. I know, right? It was, and the the real truth is like even in that, it's it has its benefits. But really, coming back to the point though, mm-hmm. is the fact that in doing in in giving yourself breaks in between, you essentially give yourself the opportunity to reset Mm -hmm. you go from you go from a state of of high mental activity to a state of lowered mental activity Mm -hmm. not necessarily in terms of hey i'm literally dumbing away my time but literally what like how much how much pressure is placed on you like and it's really just anything that relaxes you it's like Mm -hmm. video games could be meditating meditate could be walking in a park it could be not the thing that we're doing for the next month. Yeah. <laughs> it could be literally anything at all, but just having that moment to 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 allow yourself opportunities of break mm. is fantastic. Like yeah. a lot of people even like to program it in. That's where that's where lunch came in. That's where schools got breaks in the first place. And it's shown after breaks you get way more productive yeah. than if you just work straight. And I see a lot of people just like, yeah, I'll just work straight. It's like, no, 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 no. After a 15-minute break, you get two to three times more productive than you would be if you just worked straight through. Yeah. Because you have to give your body time to relax. Yeah. And it's really good for task switching. Mm-hmm. So if you're switching between two tasks, two especially onerous tasks that you like, don't want to do, mm-hmm. if you have a break in between, it makes it seem, it breaks up the monotony of, of, what, of the things you're doing. And it helps you switch from like accounting to like editing. If you, yeah. for example, it's like, oh, great. Now it's from staring at numbers to staring at letters. Now, all right. Now I played a game. Okay, let's go into these into these numbers. Yeah. The only downside is that there is a possibility that you get caught up in the game and just spiral away time. And that really just comes down to time management and the ability to move away from pleasures, which is the same, same idea we were talking about last week. 
even the week before that, where it's like as men, we have to we have to move away from the boy energy from time to time. But it's about the balance between the two. It's mm-hmm. like for men, we we get put into a position where we where we are forced to real to just get rid of our boy energy, kill mm-hmm. the boy immediately. And in doing so, become men. And that's why so many men overwork themselves because they are trying to deny the boy energy within them. Mm-hmm. If I don't have any free time, if I don't have any time, I'm dealing with that personally myself, but if I don't have any time, then I don't, then I won't do the, do my boy shit. Mm-hmm. If, I'm, if all my time is spent being a man, I don't have enough time to be a boy. To be a boy, yeah. But... But you need and, you need a balance, yeah. Because because there like there's always like a child inside you. Like there will always be a little boy inside of you. Pause. Yeah. There's always <laughs> be a little boy inside of you that wants things and that desires things. Yeah. And that like whether you like it or not is is has been around longer than you have. Yeah. The boy the boy has been there longer than the man. The, the man. And yeah. the worst part is you're trying to like it's essentially you trying to trying to recreate your identity with nothing to 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 work from because everything you were were, was a boy now you're a man you have to do you're trying to get rid of the boy it's like you can't you can't you have to accept him you have to and the problem is nobody wants to accept well the problem is nobody wants to accept the boy and move into the man yeah it's just better being a boy but you can't be all cutesy as a man because nobody falls for that shit you know what's funny? We actually kind of already have an archetype for most of it because most women deal with it when it, when they become single or when they get pregnant at a young age mm-hmm. and then they're struggling with being a mother and in their 20s especially mm-hmm. where it's like you still want to party, you still want to act up, you're still young and experienced. I actually saw this um this one TikTok earlier where it's like this girl was having a realization because of all this apocalyptic talk where she was like, I'm 22 with two kids. If the world were to end today, they would they would assume that they could rely on me to keep them alive during an apocalypse. And I'm 22. Yeah. <laughs> like that's the, that's the reality that we face. It's like yeah. We like we barely have a have a grasp of ourselves and then we're supposed to take on the responsibilities of what adulthood really like holds. And especially in that case it's like it's the same archetypical issue where it's like they're like mothers in their 20s will struggle between between wanting to still like wanting to figure out what it means to transition from being a girl into a woman, but then also have to deal with the the responsibilities of women motherhood mm-hmm. kind of ideals, and it's like that balance becomes so difficult for them to maintain. Yeah. And we deal with that too because for us it's just like once we're old enough to start making money and we get stuck in a career or we start dating or we. Or we get married at a young age, or we're immediately just like, okay, well, mm. I can't be a boy anymore because the world doesn't afford me the luxury of it. Yeah, but the problem is, uh, with, for example, with the girl that says she's twenty-two, if there's an apocalypse, I have to take care of the kids that I'm twenty-two. Mm-hmm. It's like, yes, that's true, but twenty-two now and twenty-two then, then like, uh, like generations ago yeah. was very different. Yeah, it was very very different because twenty-two generations ago was like forty. 
Yeah, one thousand percent. Like you were like you had the the wisdom there, and I think it's because honestly, and I hate when people say this, but it's true. The world's kind of gotten soft. It did, one thousand percent. Because because well, I guess it just didn't need hard people. Our previous generations, the reason why a twenty-two year old would have felt like a forty year old is because they would have to deal with forty year old shit, but they didn't want to. So what they did was make the world easier. So twenty-two. You could deal with 22-year-old shit. Exactly. The problem is, the problem is, they also made it harder to transition from from childhood to adulthood. Yeah. Because a lot of the adults walking around, like people our age and slightly older and obviously younger, Mm -hmm. are just children in adult bodies. Well, it's also just because life experiences were far different. So... The, the thing is, we rely on the education system to make, us, to make us into matured individuals. But all it does is teaches us how to be utilities. Yeah. Back then, they would actually have to do shit. Yeah. And in the doing of shit, they would learn how to be adults. The reason why before 22 felt like 40 is because by the time you're 22, in a lot of cases, you've been conscripted into an into an army. army you own a farm um, you probably have kids that they're like, like even for us like i know my i know my parents i know my parents talk about how when they were younger they would have to work on a farm yeah for like every summer so they'd be studying and farming and that was it mm-hmm. so like nowadays summer vacation is like the greatest thing ever for some of these for some of these kids it's like oh i get to do literally nothing Nothing for three months until i realize that i probably don't remember any of the shit that i was taught last year now will suffer as according you think about why some why is there summer vacation wouldn't it make sense to go to school in the summer it's like no it works off a farming calendar it's literally how it always was it always worked off a farming calendar because they needed the kids during the summer in to order. run the farm. Yeah, in order to make sure that by the time harvest came, everything was, was copacetic. Yeah. And that's not the case anymore. But that's also just the reality that we face nowadays when it comes to just being, f- like, men and women, adults in general. Because, like, I don't know if you've noticed, but there's a giant struggle between the traditional and the modern. Mm-hmm. But everything is taken taken out of the context of time. So we want traditionalism in a modern era, era. Which, is, which is interesting because I also I have this conversation with, with, with a friend of mine about structuralism. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, the problem is you are, and this is a lot of a big problem, you're, you're critiquing the structure of the modern woman, because his, the person I'm talking to is more traditional, of the modern yeah. woman, not realizing that you are inside the structure of a modern woman. Yeah. So your critique will always lead, like will always have to be taken with a grain of salt because, for example, if you lived in the traditional setting that you we lived in, you wouldn't even be able to have this have opinion. opinion. Yeah, you wouldn't even have that. You'd be able to talk like this. Yeah, no. <laughs> it's like it's like how I feel about the con- about conversations on postmodernism. It's like you can't even have a con- you can't have a critique of postmodernism because that would be postmodernist. Yes, yes, but you can still critique something if it, well, I guess you can still critique something if it is. It's just like, I'm like, be more understanding of the situation. Yeah, I more mean in terms of like, the act, like, once, like, the problem, the problem with, the problem with certain, with certain conversations is because, is the reality that you're saying it within the system of it. Mm -hmm. So it's very hard to necessarily have a judgmental opinion because 
it's like it's like complaining about it's like complaining about how shitty smartphones and modern technology is on social media. Yeah. There's there's just certain aspects of it that you have that you have to kinda understand is yeah. not the problem. Yeah. Or tweeting like capitalism sucks from from like your three thousand dollar iPhone. Or just, tweeting, like, or just tweeting that Twitter sucks. Yeah, like it's just like come on. It's like, you're it's on like, it. What are you, you're like, literally using the medium by which you're talking. You're about. talking about so like so it's like yeah I can the tri- like even so be- bringing it back to traditionalism in terms of modernism it's like I even deal with that sometimes where I I want to say that I'm traditional but in the same time in saying that no I'm not yeah I, there's only so many critiques that you can make on mo- on on the modern state of things without like until you start to realize that traditional values are one thing traditional like being traditional completely different yeah and um i am always i've always been like i'm not i've always been in the middle usually because the middle seems to be the place where people see the clearest Mm-hmm. If that makes sense, yeah. I'm like, I'm like, why you don't have to do like, like for example, when it comes to modern women and traditional women, that that's a big argument now because Always, yeah. because of the inverse it seems of what they want, like they want to be modern women but want traditional men. Yeah. So when it comes to traditional women and modern women, I don't think you have to be one or the other. I think you can fall somewhere in the middle, and it's safer to fall somewhere in the middle. Because it's like if you're fully, 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 fully traditional, yeah. then you just it just doesn't work well because one party has the power. Has, usually, has most of the power, and that's usually the male party because yeah. that's just how traditionalism works. But if you go too modern, well, then you're crazy. There's, there's no real <laughs> way around it. I mean, you just, yeah, you like yeah. no, there's no way around it. If you go super, like if you go to like super, 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 super modern people that are like super, yeah. you're like there's something wrong here. Like what's going? on? I mean that's the that's the thing about it because essentially I mean if you wanna if you wanna bring it or hearken it down to like political political leanings it's literally like traditionalism is traditionalism as it's viewed nowadays is like the alt right yeah and then modernism as it's viewed now is like the radical left but really and truly the ideal is to find a centrist value system which allows you to basically take from either side and create a new thing. I mean that's the that's my problem with most people. We yeah. don't have a, we don't have an understanding of synthesis. Or 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 nuance. Nuance especially. Or the yeah. fact that that and I don't know how to say this, that's not in a meaningful sense, but it's the wind that breaks the oak bends the willow. Yeah. Okay. Right? And yeah. it's like and it's like you do, just because you have a set of beliefs yeah. doesn't mean there isn't wiggle room yeah. for things. Because life isn't just a strict set of beliefs. There every th- every single thing that that is has a pro and a con to it. So you can't just say let's get rid of one because and then be surprised when you lose the other, the other, and a whole bunch of other things. And honestly, yeah. if your if it comes up to your ideal system, like ideals and the world. Mm-hmm. Butting heads, your ideals are gonna break first. Well, the way I like to put it is, yeah, one thousand percent that it's it's gonna come down to whoever has the higher level of willpower. Yeah. At the end of the day, the one thing that, you, especially if you've ever fought somebody, the one thing you realize is that it's not about who's right; it's about who's willing to go the distance. Yeah. That's really all it comes down to. I mean, it comes back to our sign language conversation we yeah. had 
nagging need to be right. That's literally all that is. It's like it's all about the willpower to to do to do better. But like the real issue that I have in a lot of cases is more is more from like two different things. One, everybody kind of wants everybody kind of wants some aspect of the other side but they're not willing to say it because in saying so you're admitting that there are some benefits that are being had on one side so it's like it's like even in even in the sense of of being of 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 a man for example wanting a traditional woman let's say finances get really shitty Mm -hmm. and you and you can't afford to keep your house with the job that you have and there is no opportunity for an increase in money. If your woman refuses to start working, you're not going to want her anymore. And that is technically her refusing to be traditional and choosing to be modern. So So she refuses to go to work. Yeah. No, she's, she's refusing to be modern. I want to be traditional. That's what I'm saying. If she's oh, naturally yeah. traditional and she chooses to start and she and she refuses to go to work because she holds only tradition only traditional values. values. Yeah. So she says, "Well, you got to figure this out. My end of the deal was just taking care of the house. Mm-hmm. Your end of the deal is trying to is keeping this house. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's you. Uh-huh. But you can't do anything about it. It's out. It's outside of your control. Even right now, look at the house. Look at the housing markets. Mm-hmm. Literally, house prices are going up." Rent's going up crazy, and if you and if you if you find a woman who who is traditional and has everything you want specifically, if you are only for the, the traditional approach of things, there yeah. are going to be moments where you're going to lose out on some of the benefits of having a modern woman. Mm-hmm. And the same idea goes for women who want traditional. If, if you want a modern woman, if you want a completely modern woman there's certain things like if you want someone that's and for example like a wife that will that swings and that like does like completely outside of traditional yeah like, the traditional mindset I mean, of like, relationships and sexual violence I mean, yeah let's like like let's just keep it to as simple as let's if you if you wanted a woman who's absolutely modern doesn't cook doesn't clean doesn't do any of this stuff but yeah. instead Instead, you have to pay now for people to do that. And the same financial burdens come up. Now you don't have a woman who's willing to do those things. She's like, okay, well, you have to figure it out. You just have to find, you have to find a a more affordable cleaner. You have to find a more affordable chef. You have to find a more affordable whatever. And that's just because she refuses to be traditional. And that's where I'm going at. It's like you having, having, like having a, having Having no having no core values in any uh, on the other side of what you feel yeah. is where you more lean also holds problems because the the other thing I've started to realize in having conversations with other people is that everybody believes something because they find some truth in what they believe. So it means that regardless of what the belief system is. There's always a shred of truth that you have to acknowledge. Okay, fair enough. No, that is, that is actually that is actually quite fair because you don't believe like nonsense. Like nobody believes they can fly unless mm-hmm. unless there's something wrong with them. Yeah. Nobody believes they can fly because there's no truth to that. Yeah, it's like it's like all the flat earthers. Like oh, like okay, sorry, sorry to flat earthers. I'm sorry. <laughs> 
I don't know if you're a flatter. Uh, no. Okay, cool. I'm yo. I'm an earther. I'm my general stance in that is whether flat or round, I have to go to work tomorrow. This is true. Yeah. There's certain, <laughs> things, you just, there's certain things you just have to kind of. Just, yeah, like, like whether flat or round, not worth it. Like it's not worth it. Okay, if you proved it, do I have to go to work tomorrow? My, if the answer is yes, I don't care. Wait, do I have to now change the way my feet work? Like, yeah, like <laughs> no, one thousand percent. But like that's the thing. Like you start you start listening to some of the conspiracy theories that that follow along when it comes to whether the earth is flat or round and they have shreds of truth in them the overall point may be something that you disagree with but you still have to acknowledge that in the argument there are some truths and that's the thing that that's the thing that comes down to like people who are don't understand like formal arguments mm-hmm. like when we we're talking about last week when it came to eloquence of, of conversation right mm-hmm. there's a, there are things called fallacies that basically prevent arguments from properly finding conclusions because you you use that you use tactics that don't have any logical weight in the in the argument and one of the big ones is an abusive ad hominem where it's like you're just assuming that the person or the side that they represent is bullshit so you're no longer listening to the argument you're just saying okay you're on this side so you're wrong regardless so you're not acknowledging truth because they're on that side and that's where group thing comes in and that's where the issues come with most things nowadays and there's also the uh the something to something authority appeal to authority appeal to authority Yeah, yeah, yeah i was i was having oh wait sorry sorry left quote like a foul argument to fallacy right yeah i was having an art i was talking to a coworker, mm-hmm. and we were talking about currently the vaccine passports okay and i'm like and they and they said they got off the phone with someone and said what am i supposed to do disobey the government and i'm like actually yes that is exactly what you're supposed to do because mm-hmm. when the government does something that's completely ridiculous you're not supposed to go along with it and they're like Oh well, everybody in my family is nurses, and that is an immediate like uh, appeal, appeal to, to authority. authority yeah. Where it's like that. Ha- First of all, it has nothing to do with what we're talking about. Yeah. I'm saying that the passports are wrong. Nothing to do with your. It's vaccine. not a counter argument to the actual <laughs> statement that you made. You're just saying something specifically to mean that. I mean, it, it's it's classism essentially. It's yeah. like saying, hey, your 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 level of insight on this matter is no longer valid because I have somebody who is of a higher authority that I'm going to listen to. So you don't have valid points anymore. Yeah, and it's like, and I can hold up like, that's nice. That has nothing to do with what we're talking about. Yeah. I don't care whether you want to take it or not. That's not, I'm arguing that, that discriminating from people that make medical decisions is wrong. Mm-hmm. What does a nurse have to do with that? There was no answer to that question because pose it up as a fallacy well that's what i was talking about all the time it's like the eloquence of conversation is lost when we don't have the ability to properly argue yeah it's like there's no reason to bring that up because okay fallacies are like playing soccer with your hands okay yeah it's just that simple this is not a part of the game so you thinking hey i scored a point because i picked up the ball ran with it and threw it in the net it's not. You didn't. You didn't score a point. You just wasted time. There's, there's three hours in this in this game. You just added an extra twenty minutes for no for absolutely for no, reason. no reason because you were losing, and that happens a lot. It's usually because you're losing, losing. and you don't want to admit. And I don't understand that. Sometimes it's easy to just say I don't know or like, well, oh, I never thought of it like that. 
I mean, think about this world that we live in. Everybody, once again, it's the same. It's the same conversation we have when it can, when it comes to the world is a lot softer. Like it doesn't. It isn't. It isn't just softer because like the people before us made it that way. Like like they just made it easier for people to exist in this world. It's also softer because we as we as people created more more opportunities of success and more opportunities of ridicule. So we have way more avenues for, for making a lot of money. Like, this is true. So you can you can do literally anything. Half of the time going viral is the best thing for half of the people regardless of what you go viral for. Right. But at the same time, we also created a social media environment, which is actually predicated on peer pressure. Yeah. It's, it's based off of base of, of high school levels of social interaction. Mean girls. How, mean girl, essentially mean girl society. Yeah. Like how many people like your post? How many people are following you? Yeah. Not, not even how many people are your friends. How many people are following you versus how many people you are following? It's like even like everybody knows the Instagram rule, right? Where you don't want to have you want to be you want more followers than than follows. Yeah. So you need to you need to be you need to sway more people, influence more people than the people who influence you. Yeah. And even even what's the name of a lot of people nowadays on social media? Influencers. Same idea, right? So we created this environment that basically predi- that's basically predicated on peer pressure, not and also just high school social hierarchies. And then we also created the opportunity for people to comment and meme and laugh and joke about people. Mm-hmm. So now the lightest of instances can can literally detriment you, and especially since the internet never forgets, you could literally mess up for five seconds. And you're in the rest of your life, you will be that mess up. Yeah. So the highs, the highs are far higher. But like, the lows are far lower. Exactly. It's, been that way. it's not it's no longer like you're you're the one person in the village. It's like you're that one person in the world. Yeah. Like everybody's seeing your face. They know there's like memes of people that are like, "Yo, going internet famous ruined my life." Honestly, I remember one of the big rules for like people when it came to coming out of high school. Yeah. It, especially for losers. Shout out to the losers. I was one of y'all. Yeah, <laughs> we rep it. <laughs> <laughs> big L's all over my head. Um, one of the biggest, one of the big rules for losers was when you are leaving, when you are, when you're choosing a college or university, choose one that isn't in your hometown. Because you get to reinvent yourself. Yeah. You get to take on a new identity. So what used to be, hey, if your village didn't like you, you just leave the village and you can go to another village, is essentially what we used to do when it came to high school and university. Mm-hmm. Back in those days, especially when it was just like a light Facebook thing where it wasn't super crazy, shout-outs to the metaverse, whatever. We can talk about that. Yeah, but trying to become Phantom Thieves so badly. He literally named it after a post-apocalyptic, like, like hellscape. It's yeah. all... Like capitalistic, like death. It's crazy, but um, <laughs> yo. <laughs> but yeah, no. So you leave, you leave. So you're able, to, like, back when it was just like a little bit of Facebook or whatever. You yeah. could leave, and then you could do whatever you want. You could reinvent yourself. And what's even crazier is, um, a lot of and also a lot of sluts used to do this too, because especially women who used to like slut it out in different towns when they wanted to get married, they would go to another place. 
um, they would like people would literally ask like matchmakers and stuff like are you willing to are you willing to move and change your identity to find the right one and then afterwards it would come back later on when the guy when the girl and the guy got married and then it'd be like class reunions like oh my god I didn't know you were a loser oh my god I didn't know you were a slut yeah <laughs> like that kind of stuff ends up being a whole reinvention but nowadays it's like you can't escape the internet unless you're not on the internet exactly and oh. who's not on the internet there are a handful of people I know they just like nope I'm done yeah they just they just got off and I'm like you know what I respect that because be nice to go somewhere where like someone can't just look you up. Yeah, the anti cheers. Yeah, where everybody doesn't just know your name, and then but they will in like thirty seconds. Yeah. Once you go to the bathroom, they're googling you. Especially if Zuckerberg gets his way. Was the metaverse? The metaverse is crazy, bro. Yo, might have to become Phantom Thieves. Oh my god! So did you play? Did you yes, play? I did. Persona Five. Yeah, Persona Five. Yeah. Yo, uh, that game was that game was actually ill. I got the royal version too. Mm-hmm. I still need to get back into it. I haven't started the third term. I got through day 10. Oh. Yeah. No, so you did not... (laughs) No, I enjoyed it. I just... Don't have time. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's really it. I feel you. Yo, there's... um, What's it called? Final Fantasy VII Intergate came out, and I still haven't played it. Yeah, no. Yeah. There's so many things I haven't played, and I'm like, I just don't... Well, have time and honestly if I sat at home and played a day of video games I would feel so I don't know I feel so I feel like garbage <laughs> well that's the thing it's the boy energy versus the man energy yeah. welcome to being in your 30s man yo it's bad like it'd be <laughs> like I'm still a piece of garbage they don't tell you I'm 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 two months away I'm two months removed I'm two months away from it yeah and every single day I wake up and I'm like Holy shit! Avoid avoid the thirty. The, the try to avoid the thirties depression. There's no really, really, really fancy, tickly name for it. But, Fair enough. But it, it hit me, and I didn't even realize what it was until a couple days later, where I was just sad. Yeah. For a couple days, and it's like, oh, okay. I, I was just being a bitch. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I'm sorry. Yeah. But. I remember, I remember on your birthday. Yo, 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 y'all let me have it. It was like a roast. I was like, old as fuck. <laughs> Every five seconds yeah. you were doing, you were doing yo, back in my days. Hey, remember, remember the good old days? I was like, what the fuck? You know what's wild though? What? Because like, I'm closer to your age than you are, than like, most of your other friends. Yeah. So I'm only doing that because I'm afraid. Yeah. I'm legit like... It was you, it was you, and, you and Steven. Because Steven, Steven turned... Steven's the same age, like same year. Yeah. And then you're a year behind, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, uh... Yeah. Not behind, but the like, next year over. Yeah, next year over. So, um... Yeah, I realized, I knew why you two were doing it. I'm like, you guys are just as old as I am. Yeah. Like, just... I saw Grays and I was like, this... Like, I saw Grays in my beard and everything and I was like, oh my God. It's happening. It's happening. Yeah. And that and literally like then then your birthday then your birthday invite came and I was like, Oh my god, I'm close to this nigga's age. <laughs> this nigga's old. I'm close to being old. <laughs> oh damn. And I was like and the crazy part is I started to have those nostalgia moments too. Yeah. And it's legitimately kind of it's both peaceful and frightening. Okay. Harrowing. Like, like, you're like I'm so removed from instances that. Okay, so Halloween was yesterday. Yeah. And 
I was just randomly posting videos of music videos that I loved that were Halloween themed. Mm-hmm. I posted Backstreet's Back. Oh, wow. That sounds over 20 years old. You know how I knew it? I had too many people in my DMs asking what the fuck this video was. Oh, wow. <laughs> Yo. It literally shocked me. Like that. Like I had. Like I, I posted two Michael. I posted uh, Thriller and I posted Too Bad or Ghost by Michael mm-hmm. Jackson. Right. I posted those two and I got like, oh, these. Oh, like you know, I don't know these songs. Oh, Thriller. I haven't heard that song in a long time. It's like ah, you, yeah, that's because you're young as fuck. Yeah. yeah. Ghost. I was like ah, you probably just don't know this shit because who who remembers every Michael Jackson video, right? Michael Jackson was a long ass time ago. Yeah. Still had a moment where I was like. I remember watching this song. Yeah. <laughs> I remember watching this video, but let's not talk about that. When I started getting messages about Backstreet, <laughs> about Backstreet's back, uh, bro, I remember the hit list. Yeah, yeah. You, you know you're old, and Oh, my much God. music. Much you, music. You were chilling. Oh, Yo, my God. PlayStation 1. Bro. <laughs> Just... It was like, remember the, what was that one CD? I even, now I just said CD. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. They, they don't yeah. know. We're talking about compact discs. <laughs> <God> <laughs> <damn>. <laughs> oh my god! Are you talking about the much music like top twenty or something? No, like there that? was like a there was like an old disc of like songs like like ninety five or something. Yeah, yeah. They, they released one every year. Yeah, yeah. Much music. I think it was much or something like that. Something. Like they would that. release it every year and it'd just be like the top songs of that year. Bro, I remember the actual CD that that song came from. I had it. Oh damn! I had, I had the one with the hamster song. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we're old as fuck. Yo, yo, it was nuts. <laughs> that was yo, wild. remember um, what was that frog? Ah, uh, Slappy. Slappy. No, the the one that was on the motor. The, the yeah, motor with the first. Oh, I thought like, uh, that. thing, like fuck. ugly frog or yeah, toad or some yeah. shit. Yo, yeah. Fuck. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of things. There was uh, there's the jelly, the, the gummy bear song. Yeah. Yo. Oh my god. Yeah, yo, we're old as fuck. S Club 7. S Club 7, yo. Bro. (laughs) When they thought seven people singing in concert would last. I don't don't know. That did not make any sense. Although, ironically enough, now it's BTS. Yeah. Oh. Are there seven of them? I think so. There's a lot of them. I'm not gonna lie. I started... I just randomly... I randomly, like, put on some BTS today and I was like... Yeah, okay, I get it. Okay. I get it. I'm not mad at it. I like it. If you, in the world's a different. very different place. It's, it's different. A very different place. Even some TV shows you watch, you're like, this would never be made today. Mm-mm. Like this would, this would never fly today. Bro. I just watched Scary Movie last night. Oh damn, that would never fly today. Bro, they had a they had a gym teacher called Coach Man. Yes. And yes, she did have them. Oh wow. Yeah, they were just dangling. Oh yeah, I think I remember yeah. that. Yeah, they made that they had that whole joke. They even had the whole like you know, the whole cross leg thing. Yeah. They had that ball there. She had all of that. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. They, they would definitely not make that thing. That is that was wild. Oh. Man, I miss <laughs> it. Everybody like Yo, today I was having, like, not today, but around, like, last year. Yeah. I was having a conversation with an old college friend, and she was, it was absolutely horrendous. It was, the conversation was tortured, because she was telling me a story. Mm-hmm. And during the story, she'd be like, he, and then stop, and be like, well, 
he or she, I don't want to assume their gender. And I'm like, I hate you. Yeah. I hate everything about you, and I really wish you would stop talking. <laughs> disclaimer. Let me put a disclaimer real quick. <laughs> disclaimer. I'm probably going to get rid of that part. Oh, I mean, you can keep it. I don't care. No, I'm just... I just... Ooh, it is. I I completely. It's okay. just really annoying. That's I completely. Just, that's I completely understand where you're coming from, and that is the one thing that is. That's the one thing that I have to say about about modern society that's different. It's. It's not really made for the old heads. Yes. And as we grow older, we start to really understand that it's not made for the old heads. So like. Tradi- it even comes back to the whole conversation on traditional versus modern. Because when we think of traditional, mm-hmm. we think like 1950s. Yeah. Nowadays, traditional is like 90s. the 90s. Yeah. And as we slowly transition through this through this thing called time, we're going to slowly start to realize like, bro, the 90s was 30 years ago. That is true. That is true. Like, but my thing is, I'm not... And it's not even that I have a problem with modern people or modernism. Yeah, I have yeah. a problem with people that feel the need to inject it into every sense of the conversation. See, I understand specifically from what you were saying in that conversation. Yes. Because it's awkward. And unnecessary. Because we're not... But here's the thing. We're not used to it yet. And we're fumbling with it. So we have to constantly correct ourselves. Even right now, in this in in our podcast, mm-hmm. right now, as we're talking, I have to put a disclaimer to slow it down because there's a moment where we have to readjust and recalibrate what we are saying yeah. because of the fact that it's just not what it's just nothing that we're used to. Yeah. And it's we not haven't gonna, it's not gonna be taken the way we mean. Yeah. It's gonna be taken at face value. And the problem is we haven't like especially as people grow, as a, another part of just aging. Mm-hmm. And the fact that we haven't been properly equipped as human beings to survive in this modern era is the fact that there isn't a transitional period for people who aren't from a certain ilk yeah. to transition into this new world. And No, but there's also the fact that at least, I want to say, almost half of the world is resisting. Yeah. Because almost half of the world isn't interested in, in what's going on. So, for example, almost half of the world isn't interested in, in um, what's it called, modernized pronouns. Yeah. They're not interested. And I can be, I, you can classify me as part of that group. It's not that I don't like trans people. Mm-hmm. It's just like, I'm not interested in modernized pro- pronouns. I feel like it's confusing. I feel like there are too many of them. And I feel like stopping everything full stop to let me know your pronoun that... I, like you, you get what I'm saying. It's yeah. Just it's just I. It makes me dislike you because I know that having a conversation with you is going to be much more harder. Awkward. Yeah. Exactly. It's yeah. gonna just be much more difficult to have a conversation with you. And it's not like I don't want. It's not like I want anything bad to happen to you. I just don't want to talk to you. Well, I get it because at the end of the day, there's there's so much stuff that comes with with it, and especially in this world where. There's not even, it's not even just that. There's also the fact that once again we are, there's a higher level of scrutiny that's applied and attached to certain certain topics and certain ideas, right? Okay. Because once again, social this social this social currency world that we live in mm-hmm. means that the opinions of people matter more to us than than they did before. Okay. Right. So if if uh, like for example, what we say right now, right, mm. it's immortalized. Whatever it'll be on the internet for however long it wants to be on the internet. 
I mean, hopefully, eventually, when we become big ballers with big baller shit and, and, and just bad bitches just with their asses shaking on yachts and shit, they don't pull up clips like this and go, oh, my God, takeaways are yachts I mean, from this shit. I mean, I mean <laughs> it's clear, it's clear we're, we've taken the effort to clarify what we meant. Mm. But whatever. People it doesn't are, matter. People are going to take it how they're going to take it. Because that's the way the internet works. The reality is that, a regardless, it comes down to the fact that scrutiny is a plot no, 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 no! I was just muttering how much uh, scrutiny. <laughs> scrutiny doesn't like scrut like scrutiny ends up going so far regardless. But the the thing that I have to say is just like it all comes down to the fact that two things. Okay. This modern world that we live in is not for us. Yeah, it's okay. for the next generation. It's for the people. It's for the people that will be here after we're gone. Mm-hmm. So. We are really only in transition to watch what the next generation has to experience. It's the same idea. It's the same issue that I have with the boomers, right? The boomers decided to take over this fucking planet and do a billion and one things to make fast money and to make sure that they have money for retirement, yeah. so they can die with something in their pockets, right? Yeah. And we have to deal with that because now. There's less land that's available. There's less resources. Carbon, our carbon footprint's three times higher. Stocks are way less affordable. Everybody, everybody who is a is a landlord or owns land, like is just is not trying to give it up. Like things that things that could potentially make it so that the next generation does better are no longer are no longer available for them because they're all they've all been hoarded by the previous generations. That's one thing. Two, the majority of people on this planet are tr- are technically older, are older. They're not younger. Yeah. There are far more old, quote unquote, people than there are young, young people. people. But the problem is that social media is held by the young, and now because of a so because of, now because of the fact that the world is social, eventually we're all going to be on the metaverse. Fuck you, Zuckerberg. But we're all going to be on the metaverse, right? And everything's going to be sit. sit Strictly social, there's a there's now been a usurpment of who controls the world. The young now control the world rather than the old, and because of that, there's a difference in the way that the world actually works when it comes to how we interact with one another. Because we have, and especially for once again for us, thirty coming on thirty and older, right? Mm-hmm. We have to start learning this new world as it unfolds. We're literally our parents trying to figure out how to get on the internet back in 95 or 97, right? Mm. So there's always going to be something that kind of prevents us from really getting getting to where we need to go. And one of the big things now is, is yeah, pronouns. The fact, like, even for myself, because that's the thing that's interesting about the LGBTQ community as mm. a whole, mm. because there's a, reinvent, there's a reinvention of the idea of sex, gender, and all this stuff. I was actually less, I was actually watching a clip from Mark Lamont Hill mm-hmm. like a little while ago mm-hmm. where he was talking about where where he was talking about the whole Dave Chappelle stuff, right? Uh-huh. And he was talking about how in the in the in his special Dave said that gender is a fact. Right. And Mark Lamont Hill was like, no, no no Dave, gender is not a fact. And I'm like, yes, gender is a fact. Otherwise, why are we worried about everything that has to do with transgendered and, and cisgendered? They are both genders. 
gender as it as it consists nowadays ha- nowadays has to be reinvented sure but the concept of gender is a fact that's the reason why we have the term transgender and cisgender and i thought dave Chappelle said sex is a fact gender is... yeah he missed he misquoted yeah, yeah. Him. He missed okay him. yeah because because then it's like okay all right all right let's say i'm willing to concede that territory which is like all right there's an argument to be made there mm-hmm. but we'll concede that territory right and it's like all right sex is sex is a fact gender gender is mu- is mutable mm-hmm. so then what does that change with people that want to refer to people by sex because he she and he and she are both gender pronouns but mm-hmm. also sex pronouns because pronouns. people because like because like a male dog you people you just say he, he for the she. dog yeah. right so it's like okay what if i want to use sex pronouns where does that leave us and then if if there's no such thing as gender as i'm told how can you be transgender or cisgender how, or cisgender? How can you transition from one gender to another if mm-hmm. there's no such thing as gender? Then there's no such thing as gender uh, reassociation surgery, and there's no such thing as any of this stuff. Mm-hmm. In fact, it's the like same idea when it comes to the concept of of sexuality, right? Because technically, by the by the definitions and the ideas which and the philosophical views which are held by the LGBTQ community, mm-hmm. we are we me as a heterosexual male. Mm-hmm. Is technically a part of the LGBTQ community because gen because sexual orientation is a spectrum, and I just happen to fall on the far end of the spectrum. But if I'm still on the spectrum, I'm still a part of the community. Okay, okay, I, okay. I guess so, so. I guess so, but no, I refuse. <laughs> I refuse. But that's I refuse. I'm just saying that I'm saying that from literally. If I concede the points that are being brought up, right. how do it? How does it now logically attribute? How does it now logically fall? in where i live because the problem the, the real issue that i the real issue that we can say that is that is clumsy about this transitional 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 period mm-hmm. of all this stuff is the fact that we are it's literally the same conversation about modernism versus traditionalism mm-hmm. we are not conceding the fact that there is positive attributes from, from one side, side to the, the other. other side and yes. so there's no there's no synthesis yeah. it's literally just here's my view Here's your view. And as you were saying earlier, it's just two competing views butting heads with one another, trying and us trying to figure out which one will dominate. The reality is you can't dominate it because one because it's, it's a view, it's an idea. Yeah. You can't really be you can dominate it but in like culturally, but people are gonna think what they're gonna think. Well not even just that. Just think of it think of it from literally from literally from literally population dynamics. Yeah. The reality is, is what I said earlier. There are more old traditional people on this planet mm-hmm. than there are young modern, modern people. people. So if you try to dominate it, you have to either wait it out. So wait until all the old traditional people just die out and the world yeah. now belongs to the young modern. Or you try to find it or you try to literally force people to to give up their viewpoints yeah and both are clumsy or kill or kill or, or, kill, just, or kill people that disagree with you which all is, three are clumsy. which is very clumsy as well <laughs> so it's like the problem the problem is the problem that i have with most of this stuff is the fact that we just haven't gotten to the point like i said last week where we're just where we have a level of eloquence when it comes to the conversation yeah. for example even in the conversation that your friend was having where she was trying to figure out what gender pronouns properly oriented with the with the person mm-hmm. 
the problem that the problem that arises is the fact that it now makes the conversation that you have with her way more clumsy because she has to try to figure yeah. all that out. So now there's less flow in the, the conversation. conversation and less flow like less it takes more time to get to to, to get to the same point you get so many and, adjuncts and you're just fucking yeah, and, the, and it's annoying it's, it's, it's annoying it's like just just pick one like just at a certain point just pick one it's like it's bad to misgender people they're not here yeah and it's not like you're doing you're doing them a disservice or you're trying to be mean you're just trying to relate to me what was going on because yeah. i don't think the gender of this person was the point of the story yeah i think the real truth is that it comes down to one of the one of the unspoken rules about conversation which is simplicity yes we don't want to literally ramble on yes exactly like, we want to get to the point because it's like it's like time it's just you're like you waste time when you when you use up all this extra time talking about unnecessary nonsense, ironically enough, shout out to podcasts because that's, that's, that's pretty much what, what they do. do. But, <laughs> you, but the, then people come there for the ramblings of unnecessary yeah. nonsense, which is different than if I'm trying to have a conversation yeah, with you or I'm trying to get information from you. Uh-huh. It's like just get to the fucking point. It's just, it's just and the awkwardness of this ends up being a big thing. But that's where it comes down to just uh, it's like. For both sides, I think that I think that what we should what we really need is is like an understanding that an understanding that it's not about bad faith. It's, it, we're not like we should never go into any of these conversations assuming that the other side is trying to fuck us over. Yes, right. Yes. There's a level of there's a level of there's, there should be a level of of um of conscientious just. Just courtesy, knowing, yeah. hey, this person is like, trying to live. Yeah, They're trying I'm, to live their life. And they, I'm, none, none of the things that I do that happen to offend you is because I maliciously want to offend you. Some of this shit is just on accident. Yeah, and and then it's just like there just should be a period of time where we give people patience and give people the opportunity to learn. It's like how I feel about white people sometimes. Like I'm black. And this and this whole black experience is already super shitty, super hard, super annoying, right? And I have white friends. And I know that they know that I'm black. So sometimes when they talk, they will say things that they don't know is offensive because they're not black. They just say some shit and they're like, oh shit, my bad. And that's it. For me, anyways, that's how I take it because it's like if I don't give them the courtesy, if I don't give them the courtesy to know that hey, I'm this person is not maliciously saying things that offend me. If I don't give them that courtesy, I'm gonna always be mad at white people because white people just be white people. And no offense to white people, I'm yeah, sorry. No, but it's, but it's everything. It's um, it's even in relationships too. Yeah. Like sometimes the person just says something or they make a critique of you or something. It's like. At a certain point, you have to come with, like, this person is either saying it for my, like, own proof, or they don't know how personally I take it. You know yeah, what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. Like, sometimes it's just like, oh, usually it starts a fight. And it's like, I, I didn't even want to do this. I was hey, just you saying. Only, you only realize it in hindsight because yeah. it was not foresight that made you say, hey, I wanted to offend you. It's like, oh, I didn't know this offended you. My apologies. Mm-hmm. Next time, I won't. Next time I won't say this. I won't say that thing. And that's the thing that ends up being so difficult when it comes to these conversations because so many people don't give people the level of the level of good faith that would allow them to just be able to say, Hey, yeah. the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. 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 It's uh if they did it badly. And there's a difference and you can usually tell when someone does it 
intentionally mm-hmm. and when it's completely by accident, mm-hmm. right? And I feel like everyone wants to be like everybody. And this also I feel it has to do with the internet, but they want to feel like everybody's evil. Because yeah. the only videos that go viral are people doing shitty stuff, making you think that everybody's shitty. It's actually because uh, the internet plays off of our, our natural psychology. We are just literally the way that he, the way that most animals are are um, are designed, right, and humans included, mm-hmm. is that we are faster to react to negative stimuli than we are to positive ones, mm-hmm. because survival is predicated on our ability to quickly respond to threats. So over time, as our previous generation made it to the age where it was able to transfer over its DNA and so on and so forth especially with how traditional Mm -hmm. the world was before and how easy it is nowadays, um, we become more oriented into, we become more and more oriented with a negative, with a negative mindset when it comes to our ability to survive. So we are just, so literally simplest way to put it. Another reason why uh, our generation and the generation after us, millennials and and all that stuff Mm. are dealing with so many levels of anxiety and depression is because there's a there's a there's a there's a drive that's a lot higher than before specifically in terms of noticing negative negativity mm-hmm. so because the brain doesn't care yeah. like what the stimulus is it just thinks something negative react yeah. something negative react i also, I also think i also think of it that um bring it back like uh one of the big problems with anxiety and depression is especially for young men is a lack of direction yeah, there's nothing to do and to focus, and that would actually cause you to to, to, to focus on negative stimuli mm-hmm. because you have nothing to do. Your body doesn't know what yeah. it's what what the negativity is. All it thinks is negativity. negativity let's that's go. it. That's it. Yeah. So the same idea comes in, and the problem is that we don't have any of that cathartic cathartic release of finding out the thing that is bringing us this shock before. If we were feeling, if we heard a rumble a rumbling in in the in the leaves, right? Something would either pop out or we would go find out what that something is. Fight mm-hmm. or flight, right? Mm-hmm. Nowadays, we get that ru- we get that rustling in the rustling, that was the word I was looking mm-hmm. at. Rustling in, in, in the bushes and all that stuff, mm-hmm. right? But nothing pops out. So we're left in a state of high anxiety without any of that natural release of, oh, it's just a bunny. Yeah. Like it, it's and that's the that's where a lot of this comes from. I mean, that's also the reason why so many, like so many things, when it comes to the clumsiness and the awkwardness of modern society, ends up being so daunting because it's it's literally all just negative stimuli. Yeah. Now it's like, okay, I'm gonna say this thing. I'm gonna have an opinion. I'm gonna put it out here. And then all around me now is bushes that will try to rustle, yeah. rustle, rustle, rustle. And that's just opinions, negative critiques, comments, whatever. And we know that they're coming after what we say. But sometimes we don't even get the chance to learn about what people think of us until it's too late. Yeah. And so we don't get that release. We just have this anxiety of what, what will happen once I say this thing. And especially now, because once again, the internet is immortal everything is kind of just held forever. It's, which, which is also kind of ridiculous because I feel like people should be able to say, like, honestly, I'm of the opinion that you should be able to say anything. 
Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? Because, like, if you have some beliefs, and let's say they're hurtful beliefs about black people or whatever, and you yeah. don't express them, and someone doesn't have the uh, opportunity to uh, teach you or enlighten you, or, like, inform you about the other side, yep. then you'll never know. And it's like, for example, as a black person, another example, if a doctor was racist and hated black people, I would much rather live in a society that allowed him to be racist than a society that told him he had to be, he had to be, like, egalitarian yeah because he'll try to he'll do it covertly exactly yeah you never know you don't know you like everyone's talking about implicit biases it's like okay but those are subconscious so making the doctor that's racist operate on a black person might not be the best idea you never know when the knife slips yeah 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 you never know that it like in the moments where once again he's had a long day yeah and you just happen to be the last patient and he happens to be racist but all of his mental fortitude is gone because he didn't start the day by working out or setting himself up. He did he did his lazy stuff before he went to work. Washed some prawn. Washed some prawn and and because it wasn't November, it was it, fucking April, April or some shit. So so he, he was he was just nothing all over. Nothing all over the place. No mental focus or ever. So no the last fortitude. The, all of it gone, and the last appointment just happens to be that damn negra. <laughs> Slip of the knife because because he can't you can't mentally control it. He's doing everything auto. Like automatically with his subconscious, and the subconscious says, "Like I just want to kill black people." So yeah, there you go. And I know I get you. And I feel like there should be room to allow people, like there should be obviously a place to teach people, but there should be Mm -hmm. room to allow people to be themselves and be able to naturally like change. Because I feel like when you allow people to express themselves and are able to like talk to them and like. Yeah, like you know, combat their ideas. They naturally either well, sometimes people dig it and dig their heels in, but other times they tend to just move over with a more convincing argument. Ideally, yes. And allowing people to just be in the middle. Ideally, yeah. I mean, the reality is when you when you prevent people from when you prevent people from having the cathartic relief of saying what they feel, more often than not, they do end up moving more to a polar. They get more polarized. They get more polarized. And that is that is kind of the issue that a lot of that a lot of people face. I mean, because really and truly, it comes down to like two different two different unfortunate dichot like two different polar issues. Yeah. One, you have people not being willing to have accountability and accept the and accept the consequences of their actions. Mm-hmm. But you also have a world where people scrutinize people a lot heavier. So one fuck up can be the death penalty. Yeah. So it's like in a world where we, and it's all comes, once again, it comes down to the fact that social media is based off of high school peer, peer like ideologies. Yeah. It's like if you fuck up in high school, like if you vomit, if you puked in high school, in 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 the lunchroom. Mm-hmm. Now you're pukey yeah. until you graduate mm-hmm. or, if, or change schools or change schools, and that's what social media is. So the problem is people people are afraid of the of holding accountability for their actions because they understand that the consequences of their actions can be fatal. Yes. Well, that that is true, but the consequences of any of your actions can be fatal, and just because they're fatal doesn't make them any less necessary. No, they're not. It's not that they're not necessary. It's just how do you deal with the human error when people are aware of this stuff? Yeah. How once again, it's the same conversation we have. How many people want to go to work? Yeah, that's true. It's like if I tell you, hey, if I tell you, if I if I literally say like this, um, you can flip this coin, heads, you live, tails, you die. 
50 50 chance. Oh, no, I'm not flipping a coin. What? I'm just going to keep living. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you feel better. Okay, you're better. You're like, oh, heads, you live a better life. Yeah. Tails, you die. How much better? It doesn't matter. How much better? You won't know. You won't know until after you flip it. Until after you hit. Until after you lit head. You literally give you twenty bucks. I'm like, well, your twenty bucks is better than you were. There you go. Oh, I give you a pat on your head. Oh, you feel better, don't you? Better. You're not dead. That's that's the thing. It's like, and that's the thing with the reality that we live nowadays. It's like we don't know. We don't know what it like what the consequences of living our truth really is. So a lot of times we're 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 avoiding it. Yeah, yeah. Most men lead lives of quiet desperation. Once again, how many men actually? How many men are are taught to be happy? Actually, men are like, men aren't even taught to be happy. Exactly. Men are taught even when it comes to the, to the thing. Men are taught how to treat a woman. Women are taught what, what to expect from a man. Mm-hmm. Which it's duty. Which is surprising. I found that like that shocked me because it's like it's it's a hundred percent true. Yeah. And um, yeah, when men are men are brought up in a society that tells them about the prerequisites. Women are brought up in in the society that is that, that tells them, them the standards. Yeah, expectations, all that shit. It's, and it's 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 problematic. I don't know. I don't know. Like people need more middle ground. That's just where I stand on things. Like for I am absolutely the same. For way. example, I don't think we should kill. I don't think in no way that we should kill trans or trans people. But at the same time, I don't think that we should like adopt a hundred like pronouns. I think we can find somewhere in the middle that everybody's comfortable. For me, I think that it's. I don't think it's as simple as one one specific point versus another specific yeah. point. I think. The underlying message that we have to get to uh-huh. is a moment of synthesis, of synthesis, and tolerance. To- not even tolerance, just empathy. Empathy, is, yeah. Okay. That's really like because here's the thing: tolerance, tolerance breeds tolerance breeds the same issue with the racist doctor. I can tolerate black people even though I don't like black people. Okay. Empathy, empathy breeds a situation where. Where the where the doctor starts realizing that it's not about the fact that he's black, it's about the fact that he's a patient. He's a person. Yeah. Like he's a person. He's a human being. Like I get. I comp- Like even I've been watching a lot of the stuff when it came to when it came to Dave Chappelle, right? Yeah. And specifically the 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 issues that the trans community has with Dave Chappelle, mm. right? I don't agree with everything that they say, but I understand where they're coming from. The issue that the trans community has is the fact that in making these jokes, they feel as though Dave is dehumanizing them. The problem that I have is because in the context of comedy specifically, Dave having the ability to make jokes about them is him acknowledging their humanity because it's the exact same it's an exact same level playing field mm-hmm. as every every other person. person situation orientation race whatever if i'm allowed to make jokes about black people because i acknowledge them as human I should also be allowed to make jokes about trans, trans people, people to acknowledge, acknowledge them as human. Yeah. And that's where the disconnect comes. Because once again, both sides mm. have 
truth. Oh, they no. just aren't listening to each yeah, other. Yeah. And because of that, there's no sympathy. There's no synthesis because there's no empathy being brought up. It's like, it's like you, it's the problem I find is that a lot of, once again, I've said this before, but it's like a lot of times people are fighting representatives rather than the person. Yeah. So it's an appeal to authority. It's, it's all the fallacies, right? It's like, so when, when, when someone's, when, when someone, when someone of the trans community sees what Dave's doing, they don't really see Dave Chappelle. They see what Dave Chappelle represents. Mm -hmm. So they assume a lot more than they actually understand. And that's the same thing that comes with all this other stuff. Like even the idea of like a a hundred pronouns, right? Yeah. It's like, have you ever, think about how your life would be if you didn't have a name. All right. Think about it. Just, mm-hmm. yeah, no, you have no. no identifier. Yeah, no. You no. just you just simply exist as a thing in this world. Okay. Like another animal. You don't know the difference between one rabbit or another rabbit until you give it a name. Mm-hmm. You don't know the difference between one pit bull and another pit bull until you give it some kind of identifier. Understandable. Same idea goes with the trans community. Same idea goes with most LGBT and non-binary folk. Because of the fact that they don't have identifiers... They feel as though they don't actually, they aren't properly identified within the world. Mind you, I also agree that there's too many, but I can understand where they're coming from. But the the thing about it is that it's it's not the terms people do not have identifiers. Mm Because in the human world, it works off things we identify, we identify things off how they look. Yeah. So if I, if there's a woman that's dressed like a man, I'm more likely to call her sir Mm-hmm. Than to call her ma'am. Same thing with a guy that's dressed like a woman. Yeah. It's based on my initial perception. Mm-hmm. So the problem, and the problem I find, and this is the, this is where my confusion comes in, and it's it's that the fact that, for example, it is sometimes it's possible, other times it isn't, to tell who a trans person is, like mm-hmm. who a trans person. Sometimes you can, sometimes you can't. Just like sometimes you can tell a woman, and sometimes you can tell a man, but sometimes you can't. Well that's, okay. a, well, that's the only thing because I don't because it doesn't that entire this entire conversation on pronouns doesn't actually apply to trans people specifically. Yes, it, it just applies, applies to people to, in general. It, but it, but it specifically applies to non-binary non, people. Okay, okay. So, so 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 like a trans person is a, a trans woman is a woman. Yeah. So so she would be identified right, as, as a she. woman. Yeah. A trans okay. man would be. You he. see, you see, we got to learn as we go through the conversation. And that's and why we bat it back. And see, forth. this is this is the so, problem that we have because everything is clumsy so, because. There hasn't been a moment where there has been actual dialogue discourse. and discourse. But uh, the problem, okay, so non-binary. The problem with that is that is that a pronoun isn't a sign of respect. A pronoun's a general categorization mm-hmm. based on superficial features. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, like, uh, I'm going for example. I'm going to just pick one out of the air. Um, they. Yeah, they is a multiple is a multiple like usually so it's a redefinition of the actual word. Of the actual word of usually, you. you get what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. And it's like it's not that I res- like like I won't know that you're a they until you tell me that you're a they. Mm-hmm. But the thing about he and she is I'm supposed to be able to use it without knowing who you are. You get what I'm saying? I'm like, oh, like who took the pie? He did over there. Yeah, I don't know who that person is. I just saw him take the pie. And I can't identify you as a they until you tell me to be. Exactly. But that's where that's where it becomes an interesting conversation because that's based off of the lens of your tr- of a traditionalist approach to society. No, that's based off the lens of the structure a structuralist uh, a structuralist approach on language because language has a structure to it. I know, but I'm saying I'm saying it more in terms of the way that we define certain concepts, specifically when it comes to structuralism, okay. is based off of its historical merits. 
So we base it off of what we have already, what we have already agreed upon it being in the past. Okay. We don't know what it's going to be like in the future. But but the key word is we agreed upon it. Exactly. And this is the problem because there's no discourse between both sides. So there's no agreement. Okay. Fair enough. So, yeah, it's like the problem, once again, it all comes back to the fact that we don't, we haven't, everything's clumsy because both sides aren't having discourse. They're not talking about it. They're not talking about it. So, So new, modern people having conversations, their viewpoints will be completely different from old, traditional people having conversations. And once again, that is also the issue that we have now when it comes to the discourse between traditional women and modern women. Their concept, the modern woman's concept of woman is different from the traditional woman's concept of woman. Both words... Are the same, same, but they have different connotations because of the context by which they associate themselves. So, yeah, I mean, that's the reason why I say I don't, I give, it's like, okay, the way I know that someone, that somebody's actually offending me, right, is if I always give people three strikes. Okay. I give people three strikes. Three strike rule, simple, effective, done, right? So, the first time you, the first time you say it to me, I'll explain it. I'll give it to you, I'll give you two, and... I'm saying this as anything in life. I'm, 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 a, I'm a he. I'm a man. I'm a heterosexual, mm-hmm. cisgendered man talking about these issues. Fun times. But the way I, I take this with literally everything. Everything. Even especially my career path. Because mm-hmm. my career has a lot of connotations that are also applicable. That I have to then re... I have to then re-acknowledge, right? Mm-hmm. So, so someone will tell... Will say... Will assume something about me based off of based off of characteristics that they have of me. I'm six two, I'm a black guy, what are they gonna assume? Oh you're a thug, right? I'll be like, no, I'm not a thug. Yeah. Right. So they'll so they'll say, like oh, fuck. You ever seen the you ever seen Everybody Hates Chris? Mm-hmm. You remember that white teacher? Oh yeah, that that always tried to talk black Yeah people. man. That lady. So when belt when those kinds of ladies come or people come, right, I'll be like, okay. I'll let you know. I'll let you know the thing that you just said was wrong. Here's the reason why it's wrong. Please don't do it again. Mm. They'll be like, "Oh my bad. I'm sorry. Done." That's the first. That's first strike. Second strike. I'll give it. I'll give it up to just a lack of understanding or just a, an, ish, an issue with habituation. Mm-hmm. Essentially, conversation is clumsy because people aren't used to these new conversations. So yeah, sure. You didn't say. You said. You didn't. You said it wrong. You said it wrong twice. I'll let you know again. I'll, once again, I'll let you know again. I'm not just gonna like, oh, just let it slide, whatever, right? <laughs> whatever. You didn't, you didn't, you did it wrong the second time. It is what it is, right? The third time, now I'm coming at you. Now I'm coming to you with energy. Mm-hmm. It's not like, oh, I'm just gonna let it slide. No, I'm coming to you with energy this time. I've told you once. I've told you twice. Now I'm giving you the energy. That you actually deserve for what you're doing. Okay. Yeah. No, I, I can't even argue with you there. So <laughs> if, if you've worn the three times, it's the same thing with like like the uh, the, the 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 rule yeah. of thumb, the law for when for fighting back with a woman. It's like you hit me once, I told you stop. You hit me twice. Now I'm coming with you, coming at you with the energy you asked for. I'm holding down. I'm holding down. <laughs> I'm like, you're getting shaked. You're getting shaked. I'm gonna tell you. But like that's the thing. The problem that I the problem that we have in a lot of cases is the fact that. Um, I think that people, uh, specifically because of the fact that there's only so much victimhood that you can actually handle before you literally become like, just 
altered as a human being and now we're just naturally triggered to the shit and once again this is from a cisgendered man so i know that sometimes i will say some shit that will trigger somebody mm-hmm. and i and i'll just have to deal with the fact that they that they have their baggage and their traumas from previous situations right but the problem is i find that in a lot of cases now people are first striking out yeah it's just you did it once fuck you that's it. It's fuck you for life. Yeah. And we don't we aren't giving people the opportunity to learn. And I can understand specifically when it comes to the Dave stuff because he's on his third special or fifth actually fifth. Yeah. He's on his fifth special talking about the LGBT community. But once again the issue is that the issue that I have and the nuance that I usually bring is like it's comedy. Yeah, if comedy. You're allowed either, to talk about whatever you want. You either you either want to be held like the like the community either wants to be held as a as its own sacred sacred untouchables that don't that literally you can't talk about or you are down for or you understand what the concept of humor is and understand that none of the, none of what is being said is malicious everything is said specifically from the understanding of a joke oh, yeah, i don't i don't go i don't think every time that dave talks about black people that he he hates black people I don't think that Bill Burr, every time he talks about black people, mm-hmm. hates black people. I don't think that Gary Owens, every time he talks about black people, hates black people. I don't think that Louis C.K. Oh, we're not supposed to talk about him anymore. I don't care. Okay. I, don't I don't care about if Louis C.K. talks about black, black people. people. He George, says the N-word on stage. George, no, the niggas laugh the hardest. George <laughs> Carlin said nigga. Yeah. Like, a lot. And it's like... And it's like, like that's the thing about comedy it's it, so different it right? also depends on like how it's presented mm-hmm. you get what I'm saying and that's my problem everyone's just taking it out of context like for example someone will say something and then like, they will crack a joke and then they'll write an article about it and yeah. I hate this because they'll then quote it in the article and it's like of course if you put it like in and like yeah. like Bill yeah. Burr had a joke like that it's like it's like she was saying no no stop it's like she wasn't saying it like that that's not how it was said you, you know, like, like it's like it's like it's, it's not all about the words. It's about how the words are said, how it's, a it's interpreted. It's a performance. It's like saying it's like saying that you can you you understand how Avengers Endgame went just by reading the script. Yeah, it's an entire performance. There's, there's things. There's other things that that like are Come together. included in. Yeah, yeah. when you judge things like that. Context. Context. It, it bothers me so much. It just makes me so mad. I don't know. I mean, I can understand because you are an artist. You're a writer and you're a rapper. So if we only look at the words that you say, that you say or write and judge everything about the story based off of it, you like, you lose a lot. Like I used to make music. Like if all I, if all I am is, is one MIDI track and not all of the music in in concert, like like what are we doing here? Like, just... like that's the that's the thing that's so that's the thing that's so difficult about about what we deal with when it comes to just being humans nowadays. Everything is taken out of context, and a lot of it once again comes down to social media and mm-hmm. also the fact that so many people, especially in the journalism side, mm-hmm. want to just find a story, and then in the activism side just want to find a reason to feel important everybody doesn't matter the race everybody has a white savior complex and they feel as though they have to not only just be the representative but be the reason why 
the change happen because they just want to be immortalized. Everybody wants to be. Everyone wants to be a hero. It's like I don't think the way I look at it, I don't think Malcolm X and and Martin Luther King specifically decided to do what they did because they, they wanted to be, be remembered yeah. and immortalized. They did it because it was the right thing to do. I always I always come back to that Boondock episode where like <laughs> where Martin didn't die, he just was in a coma, came back and started seeing that niggas were niggering. Yeah, and he was just like, I didn't do this shit for this. Yeah, like it's. <laughs> And it's, it's true. It's, it's like you do something. Someone has to do the right thing because it's the right thing to do, not because you want to like. And it bought like when people go and hand out food to people. Yeah, and I see pictures of it on Instagram. Mm, yeah. I immediately think you're a piece of shit. The Black Lives Matter one, where that girl literally like took a, fo- a photo op with her like hammering in some shit on the side, and then people caught that she was just like, she was literally just doing it for the photo op. For, for, for the photo op, it's like it's like. You're not a good person. A good, like, an actual good person does it because it's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. They don't just go along with you. Like, I don't know. I mean, ironically enough, that would also, that, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to do the bubble bursting thing, but then at that point, that also becomes a conversation on a lot of things no. that become uncomfortable. Doing it just because it's the right thing to do. Yeah, account, that's accountability right there. I know, but that also comes to a lot of the stuff because. I can okay, so I'm gonna say it, I'm gonna say it more broad, and then I'm, I'm gonna bring it down deep. Okay. So then, technically, uh, accepting 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 different pronouns, regardless of how hard it is or how difficult it is to actually get used to them, okay. should just be what you want to do because it's the right thing to do. But, okay. Uh, that's the that's the broad level. That's, okay, I, 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 t- I you see the flaw in your argument. Though. I know. That's why you stopped me. <laughs> 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 hold up, hold up. We're not there. Wait a <laughs> I like prefacing shit. Yeah, right? like, we'll get there. We'll get there. I've known you way too long, bro. <laughs> but like the the under the underbelly of it is the understanding is like okay, what is right? What is wrong? No, what no, is the right, right thing to do? Right? Got there. Yeah, it's like they're not. Because the problem is that the problem is that intentions are one thing. Yes. And if your intentions are to do the right thing, you're technically in the right place. Yeah. It's the difference between intentionally being malicious and intentionally doing that. But then there's a point where you go, okay, how much? What is the result of your of, of your interjection? Like what is like what what is what was the right thing to do and was it worth it? You know what I mean? Yes. Because it's like, what is, is the right thing? Is the right thing to do only predicated on your intentions, or is it predicated on the results? That's a, that, that's a that's a fantastic question. No, because you you don't know because you don't know what the result is. You can save a kid and he turned out to be a murderer. Like yeah. you don't know what the result is. But I still believe that you, uh, in some way, you are responsible for what you do and for, for what everyone else does. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like like if you see someone beating a whore, for for example. Mm-hmm. Right and or a prostitute, or be politically correct. Yeah, yeah. So this is some beating a prostitute, right? And you don't do anything, then you are responsible for her death. That's interesting because I've I've been uh, I've been battling with this one weird quote that's now been running around yeah. uh, on the left, where it's uh, "silence is it's violence," which is stupid. I know, but isn't that kind of the same thing no. though? I mean, no, but th- like if you take, no, I get what, I get what you're saying. It on the surface, I, level, on the surface level, it's the same, it's thing, the same but, thing. But no, it's technically it's technically not. Like for example, the like everybody now is complaining about the government, okay, right? But it's their fault. Yeah, because when it came time to say something, nobody said anything. But that's what I'm saying. Silence is violence in that case. Yes, yes, and no. Like silence is violent in the sense that 
inaction or not actually representing or not talking about a situation leads to more problems than talking about than talking about the, that, about so the situation I mean yes. it, yeah I mean it from the standpoint of like silence is violence in the standpoint of like the bystander effect which is where it all comes from where mm-hmm. where it's like if I do nothing or I say nothing and I allow something to continue knowing that I could have done or said something yes. in hindsight I am also contributing to whatever to, to the whatever consequences but Come saying silence is violence. The problem with saying silence is violence, it means that if you don't say anything, you can be convicted for, of it because violence is a crime. There's a difference between saying silence is violence and, and even though you're silent, you're still responsible. Mm. You get what I'm saying? You're responsible for something. It doesn't mean you have to do it, but you are responsible. And the consequences of it, even though it's not a direct consequence like you getting arrested for something, yeah. but the consequences of that and the effect it has on society will come will come back to get you. Well, but I just think that's more just the awkwardness of con- of the wording because it's it's really just silence is violence is because hey, silence and violence yeah. rhyme. Yeah. Not necessarily silence is, is literally violence. violence. But no, but that's the and I've been having a lot of problems like this with the wording. Say what you mean. For example, I hate when people tell me that Black Lives Matter means all lives matter. No, it doesn't. We have the words all lives matter. For a black, reason. For a reason. Words mean things. Words mean things. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's very <laughs> simple. The converse, in fact, in fact, the nuance of it is, hey, oh, that's just, once again, it's how I always feel about everything. There's a surface level of anything that's being said, and then there's the, and then there's the actual context. The thing, that, the way I like to look at it is, statements are like books, mm-hmm. Right. But people only read the cover. Yes. So in in the statement, Black Lives Matter, right? It's like, oh, if I only read that statement, yeah, Black Lives Matter because all lives matter. So yeah. why don't you just say all lives matter? Open the book. If all lives matter, then I wouldn't have to say that Black Lives Matter. But currently, the way that the world works, specifically for black people, is it makes them feel like... Which, which is fine, which is fine, but but don't tell me that Black Lives Matter means all lives matter. It doesn't. It, it doesn't. Because just, just like when they say, kill all men, and it's like, well, that's terrible. It's like, well, I don't mean all men. It's like, yes, you do. That's what you said. You said <laughs> all men. You, that's what you said. The word all was used. Guess what all means? That means every single one. The totality <laughs> of something. I get that. It's But that's, once again, the that's, that's the... That's the sentiment, right? Yeah. Because the sentiment is based off of the con of off the off of the off of the 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 feelings which women have in modern society, where it's like, okay, well, it feels as though they're they're just trying to kill all women, so let's kill all men. Which is understandable to, as to why they would say it, but and I the get words that. Are clumsy. But the words are clumsy, yeah. and the way, the problem is, if someone argues your word, you're like, well, that's not what it means. It's like, no, that is exactly what it means, and this also poses another problem between like nuance and like metaphor and like hyperbole yeah right so mm-hmm. it's like okay what if you're just being hyperbolic it's like i get that but why like, why yeah what is the purpose of this what yeah. is what is the what is the is it not like you're you're trying to like emphasize a point you're just saying kill all men well, to, to what emphasize your frustration like well, that's the thing though even in that there's an interest it more just it more just alludes to the realities that we face nowadays where everything mm-hmm. feels hyperbolic and that's the reason why being centrist feels like a better place to be. Everything feels hyper. Even in me saying everything mm-hmm. feels, feels hyperbolic, hyperbolic is hyperbolic. It's hyperbolic. It like, can't be everything. Yeah, it's like, like, no, it, I am hyperbolic right yeah. now. Oh, I need the time chamber. I was literally thinking <laughs> that. a wavelength. Why? I love it, but it's like that's the like it, it feel like a lot of things feel so hyperbolic and. 
and in a lot of cases, a lot of a lot of like attention, mm-hmm. like advertisement in general, is predicated on hyperbole. Because hyperbole elicits our fight or flight response yeah. and also elicits that danger sense that now we have been programmed to feel more. To, yeah, to feel we respond. We, we, we will respond to a more hyperbolic yeah. cover of anything ever. Like think about think about the cuties, the cutie situation on Netflix, right? Like, the original cover, when it was the Sundance thing, was just, like, little girl just walking down yeah, the street. Yeah, they were shit. running. They were, like, yeah, five of them holding hands. Just holding hands or whatever. Nobody had any issue with it. Yeah. As soon as they changed the cover to be them basically looking like pocket strippers. <laughs> because hyperbole. Hyperbole. Yeah. No, it's, it's a problem. Because it's, like, how do you have a conversation where everyone's talking in caps? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> nowadays, I mean, even in the Dave Chappelle thing, I've like I've seen too many people say that Dave Chappelle is 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 a prime contributor to trans to violence against trans people, and I'm like, do you have statistics to back that up? Like, is it was like when Dave Chappelle started to literally put up standups where he made casual, if not specifically direct and offensive comments about trans people did trans violence go up in in like actual coordinated like secession like can you say cause effect links yeah because otherwise your statement is hyperbolic him speaking on it may have correlated may have correlated to instances of it but did it directly cause it mm-hmm. no that's hyperbolic then but the statement draws more attention if it's hyperbolic yeah. rather than, you know, mid. Yeah. <laughs> mid, if not, you know, just kind of, he, he's saying things he's and stuff. He's exaggerating. He's saying stuff and stuff and stuff. Like, cause, and that's the thing. You have to make, you have to make, you have to make things hyperbolic in order for them to make sense nowadays because the world is kind of hyperbolic. Okay. I have, I have a question from you. Completely left field. Shoot. I was talking, I was talking to someone about this. And um, when they hear it, they'll probably know. Who do you th- who do you think just just off of, of statistics and just the way the world is? Who do you think cheats more, men or women? Women. Okay, that's what I said, and she was arguing with me, it's and really... I'm like, I'm like, it, it's, here's where I'm coming from. Mm-hmm. Women are worried about the fact that high value men have so many options, and that it makes them more likely to cheat more. Yep. Correct. Yep. So why can't we just apply that logic to all women? Because that's just how they are born. And they're like, well, do you have statistics? And my problem is statistics are only are only based on the people that have been caught, mm-hmm. not based on the people that are that uh, the amount of people that are actually cheating. Just statistically, it makes more sense that women cheat more because it's harder for men to acquire sex. As someone who has a lot of female friends, um, I can unequivocally say, and also someone who has a lot of male friends, I can unequivocally say that. Most of my female friends have cheated. Very few of my male friends have cheated, and that's just from a that's just anecdotal information. Mm-hmm. Nothing statistical. Nothing that can actually be uh, coordinated. Also, the conversation on high value men versus women is a very interesting one because yeah. all a high value man is is a regular woman. Yes, because the amount of options that are available to a man 
whose normal is very low. Yeah. High value just increases it. Yeah. Right. So you just get more options, but you don't get an astronomically high amount of options. And when you compare it to the amount of options that just a regular base level chick has, yeah, it's like okay, like the Tinder conversation we had before. Like you go to a, a woman's Tinder, how many how many people are 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 matched with her? Ninety nine plus, right? High value. It's it's, it's like min- it goes min- from four to fifty. It's the minimum wage conversation. Yeah, like a woman looks at a man that's make that they're both working the same job, the same McDonald's, both working minimum wage, same job. Mm-hmm. He is less than her. Yeah, though they work the same job and maybe maybe even go to the same school, he is still considered less than her. Mm-hmm. Like she can do better than him. Yep. Well, it, it would be a, it would be a privilege for him to get with her. Yeah. So it's like, of course, like so when he becomes that high <clears throat> value, he's now equivalent to her. Well, that and also and coming back to the cheating conversation, we have reinforced different narratives for cheating between men and women. Of course, yeah. So the narrative for men is that they're slimy, they're trash, they're pieces of shit. They don't know how to value they, they their woman. They their can't pants. keep it in their pants. They're degenerates. Blah blah. blah. For women, it's always a, an excuse. He the man that she's with yeah. is is terrible she she's underappreciated she wasn't represented no properly. matter who cheats it's the man's fault actually no matter how the relationship goes now it's the man's, man's fault. fault yeah and i also as a reformed fuckboy let me make sure that for the, the people who know me until later on when they start going through these ones yeah they're going hey we gotta cancel these motherfuckers. Yo. <laughs> but um for the people who know me, like as a reformed fuckboy, right? Uh, a, a large percentage of my fuckboying was primarily me being the side nigga. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, it's, it's someone has said it's easy. It's easier to get a married chick, like a married chick, yeah. than it is to get a single chick because yeah. when when you're married, when you're single, it's one me versus everybody. When you're married, it's me. One it's one on one. One on one, yeah. One thousand percent. Shoutouts to the future. Shout out to the future. Yo, but uh, like the crazier part is like literally when I was when I was out here dogging, a lot of the women that I would dog with had men, and is, and the the simple point that I would have to say is that as a reformed fuckboy, I was not messy. That's why they could get away with it for as long as they were. Women get messy. Most men aren't messy because yeah. most men don't want your wife. They want to fuck her, but they don't want. To. Yeah, you Child, can keep her. Yeah. But if a woman's cheating, usually if a woman's cheating on her man, she she's she's monkey branching. Yeah, it's not even that. A woman like the the miss like the mistress or the side chick wants to become the main chick. Yeah, it's monkey. A side nigga does not want to become the main nigga. Never. No, not what? a one. What? what? So you You're, can tell me what to do? Like, not even that. Not even that. The way that you talk shit about him. The, the headaches that you put this man through. The way through, you're doing him dirty with me. And you're telling me that you want... Wait, I'm supposed to want you even though I know that you're not loyal? Uh, what? What's going on? <laughs> I'm sorry, where did we... <laughs> Where's going on? What are you looking for? I mean, Look yeah, for where you got me I mean, fucked thank, up. Thank like, you, I mean, thank you for the pussy, but goddamn. <laughs> but no, even like... And what's even crazier is like even the context of everything that's going on. Like, every, like have you been catching up with some of the Jada Pinkett Will stuff? <laughs> no, I just feel bad for the man. Oh, exactly, bro. This, like, was it Red Table Talk? I mean, in context, it wasn't as bad as what she actually said in the clips. But the clips the clips that are coming out are crazy. They're basically saying, like, because there's, like, in context, Jada cheated on, Jada, well, Jada cheated. Yeah, but more or less, they were on a break, and he, and she decided to smash 
Spanish August. And then later on, you find out that she was a sex addict and she had like all these different needs. And now, basically, now basically, they're talking about how Jada, like, Jada was saying that he should have just known how to please her sexually. Just just known without conversation and as she grew older she started to realize that maybe i should talk about what i'm into sexually so that my partner understands and then the 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 headlines going out were basically that jada aired out that will has trash dick you see how the narrative changes (laughs) like it's her basically it's her being hypersexual yeah. She's hypersexual. She's admitted this. She's a sex addict. Yeah. She dealt with sexual needs. In fact, that was one of the big issues that led up to her and August specifically getting together. Yeah. Was the fact that he was in an emotionally vulnerable situation, an emotionally vulnerable place, and she was, and he was an option. Jada and Will had just separated, but she still had needs that she needed to get fulfilled. And some young nigga just chilling in her house. <laughs> and and it, it progresses to to how she had needs, how she never explained to her needs how it's Will's fault. Yeah, it, it always it always trickles back to the man, and that's the craziest part about the whole thing. Because once again, the issue is the fact that she even even one she didn't she didn't do anything, or she wasn't. She wasn't told that she had to take care of her sexual needs, yeah. specifically learning how to better cope with her hypersexual nature, mm-hmm. which is something that men have to naturally do anyways. Deal with, yeah. Deal with every single day. Shout out to No Not November. No, not November. <laughs> <laughs> but like she, like, she didn't have to worry about that or resolve those issues, right? She was allowed to just... Just live freely with that, with that as a as a regular thing, right? In fact, people would celebrate it, right? And all of it eventually trickles down to her basically making choices, which end up falling on him and having him have to deal with the consequences of it, because the expectation is once again in her early age is that he should just know. He should just know how to how to properly satisfy a hypersexual woman. Just without any context, mind reading. just mind read, figure it out, nigga. Otherwise, you're the bad guy, and they're gonna make memes about you. Yeah. And once again, because of our social media environment that is based off of high school bullshit, he is now officially the meme. Yeah, like he went from being the fresh prince to the stale king. Oh wow. Oh wow! <laughs> like, bro, and it has nothing to do with him. He doesn't like even when even when even when even when it caught when the whole entanglement thing came out. The first thing, like a lot of the stuff that came out when it came to like copying pleas for Jada was, oh, he's probably cheating too. Didn't don't you see yeah, how he course, was with Margot Robbie on always, the set of? There's always an excuse. There's always an excuse for the woman. There's all even if it comes to violence, physical violence in public. Yeah. There's always an excuse. What did he do? Yeah. Oh, he was probably cheating. He oh, did. she probably yeah. looked through his oh, phone. Oh, he should. You don't understand. Even if he didn't do anything, it's probably because she was done wrong by a man in her past. Yeah. So she's triggered by certain things that he 
does and stuff. Yeah, even even saying, oh, even with, even with regular, oh, I didn't catch you. I didn't catch you. You probably deleted the message. Like maybe I just wasn't doing nothing. Yeah, no. Maybe I was just watching anime, yeah. like like yeah. new season of Jujutsu Kaisen. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> just. Maybe I was jerking off. I don't know. I don't know. It's November, nigga. But that's a problem, too. If you, if you jerk off, that's a problem, too. Right? Oh, don't you know you have a whole girl? It's like, look, maybe I just want Maybe I just want Maybe, 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 maybe she just doesn't do it, but it's okay. Maybe she just doesn't do it for me. I need something different. I go to her when I need her. I go to myself when I need myself. And there's more to our relationship than my sexual de- my sexual needs. Maybe... I'm a functioning human being with other things that need to be a part of it. Or what's even crazier, maybe women aren't even receptive to advice about being about sexual pleasure. For like how many? Okay, I'm about to say something. About anything, yo, I don't like head. Not because I don't like head, but because I've had so much bad head that I just don't want head anymore. And, 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 and you can't say nothing. You can't because, say, oh. Because the, the first thing is it's an argument. It's, it's like, I can't say, hey, girl that I, I value more than your sexual nature. I, your head gains trash. Your head gains trash, and I wish that you could you could, you could could get it better because every time that you try to give me head and I say, oh, stop, you feel socially awkward mm-hmm. about the situation. And I know that if I were to say, yes, you do need to work on your head game, you're going to want to blow up or say that I'm a piece of shit or a patriarch or a misogynist or all these other things. I'm going to insert some free promo here. If you are worried about your head game, there's a couple books you can look for. For guys, it's She Comes First. And for girls, it's He Comes Next. Yeah. Look for it in chapters or any other participating bookstores. <laughs> we're definitely getting an audible. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but no, it's 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 the truth, and um, you can't. And I've realized like a lot of it, I can't really say much to women about anything. Yeah. I mean, I can. I'm not really someone that cares, and you know that. I'll argue if I have to argue. Yeah. But I also can see a fruitless argument, and I kind of just don't want to. Like, I don't want to like waste four hours just arguing back and forth, realizing that we're never getting anywhere. Intentions versus consequences. Especially when it comes to like critiques. Yeah. And the thing about being guys, I'm critiqued all the time. I'm critiqued by my boss. I'm mm-hmm. critiqued by my girl. I'm critiqued by my friends. Like, yeah. like everybody has a critique of how I could be a better man. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. most other men that I know are willing to take criticism just naturally. Yeah. 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 Most women I know have to be forced to take criticism. Like, it's your job. And yeah. your boss is going to critique you. And you can't really say anything because it's your job. But if it's just a conversation I'm having with a friend of mine or let's say the girl I'm seeing or something, I'm like, yeah. oh, well, you don't do this or like, hey. Well, I mean, once again, men, are, men are, are raised at a young age to, in a world of hazing. Yes. Hazing is a part of, of the male experience, specifically in the tribalistic approach of just uh, coming to become a man, right? Mm-hmm. Coming of age. Yeah, coming of age, right? Women are raised in peer pressure. That's true. Where critiques like where critiques of any kind, and what's even crazier, subtle jabs were the ones that hurt the most. Yeah, because it was just like it was a content, it was a content, uh, the consistent uh, like interaction with subtle jabs that fucked them up, like psychologically. So, and I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to shoot bail for women. Honestly, I'm just more giving Man, context because of how, things work, of how right? it works, right? Because the reality is there still needs to be a moment of transition where you get or where women and men both get out of the space 
of of thinking that their victimhood uh, affords them a hall pass from accountability. Yeah. So women women are brought up with peer pressure being the biggest thing. So critiques were how they how they led like what led to their social yeah. issues, their self image issues, their identity problems. I mean, like it's you know the craziest thing ever. How much? How much? How much? How much hesitation do you like? Do women get when you say, "Hey, I would prefer that you're around me with no makeup on." No, because the days that they didn't wear makeup when they were younger were the days that they were critiqued about the fact that they didn't wear makeup, mm-hmm. and the subtle jabs that other women used mm-hmm. were like, "Oh my God, you look so much better without makeup. You really, you really haven't gotten this whole makeup thing good, but you, you should probably stay natural instead." Uh, a counter question how many times have you felt hesitation when you wanted to critique something like you want to critique something about 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 whoever like yeah. whatever and, yeah. and, and it's a woman and you just like it here's my thing I have to either I have to basically come to an acceptance of the fact that I will most likely lose the pussy if I'm honest and so if I can get, and if I can get there if I can personally get there, I'll do it. Otherwise, every single fucking time. Every single... I, I have so many hesitations telling the truth to women that the... Honestly, the only women that I am honest with are women that either just get me personally and are cool with it. Or have to love me. Like my sister. Like, yeah. I'm not going to be honest with you. Or just, or just girls who are just... I'm not trying to fuck you. I'm not trying to fuck you. Like, yeah. Even if I pay you a compliment, I'm not trying to fuck you. I'm complimenting you because I genuinely think you look nice. Mm-hmm. And when you look trash, I'm going to genuinely say that you look trash. And when you say something smart, I'm going to genuinely say that you said something smart. And when you say something stupid, I'm going to genuinely say that. Mm-hmm. It's like my f- like some of my favorite female friends are the ones that are married. Mm-hmm. Because they already they already have to live with a, a man. So they, mm-hmm. t- they have a higher level of tolerance anyways. Mm-hmm. But also... It's understood off rip that I'm not trying to fuck yeah. nowadays because once again I was a fuck boy who was a side nigga and that was a whole problem. But because of my time as a side nigga, I learned how to properly interact with married women and all that different stuff. But once again, like it's you can there's a certain level of understanding that makes it so that you can be genuine. But as soon as there's that context of yo, there might be I'm, some sexual tension. I'm I'm losing the pussy if I say the truth. It's it it's so difficult. It is. It is actually my favorite female friend is a lesbian. Shout out to I'm gonna say shout outs to the L's of the LGBT community. But yeah, yeah shout out to lesbians. Or, or bisexual, but mainly goes for girls. Okay. So we have a an, an understanding that like you're just one of my niggas. Yeah. So we so we freestyle, we hang out, we do the like we do but you just one of my niggas. So we like we talk about bitches, we do we do and we can have the most genuine free flowing conversations like if I say something about whatever mm-hmm. like her flow or whatever she doesn't like the yeah, only woman I can critique I know I can critique you and you're not going to take it personally yeah, it's, it's true equality yeah like and that's the thing that's interesting because we have we have simulated equality and then we have true equality what you have with your what you have with your with your lesbian friend is true equality because literally you view her like another human being yeah and that's it. There's yep. nothing else to it. It's just I'm ta- I'm I'm a human talking to another human. Yeah. And the thing that's the thing that's so unfortunate is the fact that the world nowadays, like men, can only really do that with other men. That's the reason why when you do that with a woman, they feel 
like one of your niggas, i.e. one of your mans. Yeah. Because it's just... But like, I also think our society is too overly sexualized. Like, everyone's just thinking about it all the time. And that's what... Like, one of, my, one of my friends wants to hang out with me, and she's married. And I know her husband. Yeah. But I'm already, and I think it's it's part it's like it's part of my like my thinking. But also, I have a sinking suspicion that she is trying to get get it in. And I'm like, I mean, person, once again, we're all we're we're catered we're catered towards a hyperbolic society. Yes. Yeah. But it, and it's like it's bothersome that I can't have friends. Like, yes, I'm a guy, and obviously, I like I like girls. Yeah. And I like girls that want to have sex with me. It's just basic. But it's annoying that like I have to worry about it with everybody or like they're going to be thinking about it or they're going to think that that's what I want from them it's like yeah can we not just have a conversation see I think that's a mischaracterization of the reality it's not that it's not that you like girls that not that you like girls that want to have sex with you is that you understand that you're attractive so there's a high likelihood that women that you talk to who are heterosexual will find you attractive okay so it's not it has nothing to do with you personally you're not specifically going hey do you want to fuck me Yes. All right. We should be friends. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's like it's just a it's just it's the it's pretty girl problems. It's it's, it's pretty girl problems. Yes. Man. You're pretty yes. girl. No. 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 <laughs> no. Because my main problem about it is thinking is is everybody that you talk to thinking that you want to have sex with them. It's pretty girl problem. That's not a pretty. We girl have problem. a different. But that's the thing. That's the difference in the social exchange. The social exchange that men pursue, women follow. Well, no, so in so from the. And from the it's pretty nigga problems. Uh, pretty nigga problems. But that's every nigga. Like, every nigga that approaches a girl, the girl automatically thinks no, she's trying to fuck. Here's the thing, there's a difference. Right. Because there's a categorization there's a categorizational issue, right? So for men who are attractive, mm-hmm. we battle with a different I like saying we. <laughs> we battle with a different issue because of the fact that we we have something else. That will transition us further. So yes, women think that we women think that all men want to fuck, right? But we have the additional issue of us understanding that they may also want to fuck us. An ugly nigga may want to fuck, but they're not going to fuck. A pretty nigga wants to fuck, and if he really wants to fuck, he probably could fuck. And that is where that's where the battle comes because it's like yeah I want to be friends with you, but I know that you know that I know that I'm pretty, which means that you know that I know that you know that I know that I could want to fuck you later on, and I know that you know that I probably could if I tried. You could play my cards there, yeah. And that's where the because I want to still be your friend, but I also know that we could fuck if I really wanted to. And you probably would let me, but then that would ruin the friendship. Ruin the and friendship. that's where the that's where the I like even the whole like we have a different issue when it comes to friend zones and shit, right? Yeah. Because it's like the women that we put in our friend zones are usually women that like are down. Yeah, but that's, that's no, that's any friend zone. Anybody you put in the friend zone is down for you. And that's the problem because mm-hmm. we because once again words mean things. I don't think that female friends are females that are in the friend zone. It's like I don't yeah. think that male friends are oh, males that are in the friend zone. They're, That's, they're just they're yeah. actually a friend. Yeah. That's the reason why probably the lesbian friend that you have yeah. 
is an actual friend because she's not in the friend zone. Yeah, because she doesn't like neither of us want anything from each other. Yeah, like we we, we ate, it's like hanging with my niggas. It's, it's like literally, it's literally like it's literally like biologically speaking, there isn't the 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 imperative for sex is not there. Therefore, yeah. that's yeah. why women have gay friends and they call them their their male friends. Heterosexual male friends are just. Niggas that were trying to fuck, but I didn't want to fuck them, so I'm a... And it's pretty much... It's not the same with heterosexual female friends. Because no. you can have female friends that genuinely want to be your friend, but the mm-hmm. guy wants to fuck. Yeah. But heterosexual female friends own friends mm-hmm. tend to be worse than heterosexual male friends own friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, one thousand percent. And what's interesting is once again now we live in a new transitional, a new transitional clumsy era where essentially the friend zone doesn't even have to always consist of heterosexuals. Yeah, a woman can have a a female like homosexual friend in her friend zone. Yeah, a girl that wants to fuck her, but she just won't fuck because she's just not down for that. Yeah, and it was even crazy. They're bisexual, so she could fuck. She just doesn't want to fuck. Just doesn't want so to. now you're in the friend zone. And now you're a girl who wants to chill in the friend zone. Wow. Oh, yeah. man. Our society is really, really complex. I mean, that's the thing. That's the reason why the whole issue with when, when it comes to traditionalism versus modernism is so big. Because once again, we we are the majority traditional traditional men, traditional everything, is a majority of individuals dealing with the minority modernist a viewpoint that how has to be co-opted and understood from both sides so there's a large people who don't get it mm-hmm. but are being but the people in charge are the small people who do, do get it yeah. and there isn't a conversation being had that specifically allows for everything to be like better understood mm-hmm. so that we get to these points where the nuances are understood and we have a better clarity I only know this because I have to deal with it so fucking often because of the fact that I, I like I've dealt with so many different types of people mm-hmm. in my in like work and other, and like life and shit, right? <clears throat> so over time, I was just given the luxury of of knowing good people who were good intentioned and also came with good faith who were willing to say, "Hey, you don't understand this." Let me explain it to you. Let me explain it to you. Not, you don't understand this. Let me just throw you with the rest of the rest of the rest of the cowards. Trash, nigga. I don't know. There needs to be more space for nuance. And there needs to be more space for conversation. Yeah. Just general conversation about things. And I don't, I'm, like I said, I'm strongly the category that I don't think anything should be off limits. Mm-hmm. You forget comedy, but just in a conversational sense, I should be able to say, hey, I don't understand this and I don't get it. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like, and I refuse to follow it if I don't get it. Well, not even that. Do we need a space where we're allowed to actually... We need a, a space where we're allowed to, to show and tell our demons rather than show and tell our, our accomplishments. Yeah. So it's like, it's like it's the weirdest thing because the words have now become modernized, but we actually need legit safe spaces. Yeah. Like legitimately safe spaces where people, where people from both sides or all sides are willing to actually sit down and really just say, hey. Like alcohol anonymous meetings. Yeah. Where people stand up and say, hey, my name is this and, and explain themselves and everyone can like and feel free to like get to know like mm-hmm. I don't know I mean that's the thing because we need like a humans anonymous because the thing that the thing that that anchors and brings and galvanizes people together in, in alcoholics anonymous is the fact that they're all alcoholics yeah. so they come from a place of understanding from that space so whatever else whatever else is 
is understood or shared, at least there's that foundation of we're all alcoholics. We're all equal here. We all have the thing that made us that made us need to be here. Yeah. And that need is what should keep us together. I mean, it should be the fact that we're all fucking humans, but <laughs> we're all humans. We all do human shit. We all have our human problems and our human pros and our human cons, and that should be it, but we don't. And that's the thing where it comes, word mean, words mean things again. I, I, I kind of wish there legitimately were safe spaces, not from, like, the political correct variation of it, but, like, an honest space where, like, like on the front of it, it said, "Come as you are, hmm. leave better." Oh, that'd be amazing! Like just a place where you can just ah oh, fuck. I'll, I'll you know what's funny? I literally started to think of the Cheers yeah. fucking theme song. Yeah. When everybody knows, knows your name, name. <laughs> <Dude>. <laughs> and they're always <laughs> glad you came. <laughs> but you can't this much. You can't come nowhere because no, not November, niggas. Yeah, don't fucking come on anything. Don't, don't yeah. Don't, don't come don't on. Don't do your it. Bed. Store that energy. Don't don't come on on nobody. Build some shit. Wake yeah. up at six a.m. Work yeah. out. Yeah. Build some shit. Yeah. And then if if yo give your girl the walking papers. Yes, you that you too, Louis C.K. No more coming. No more coming. No, no more coming. On feminist hey, pictures. Yeah. Or phones. Or phones. <laughs> Weirdo. <laughs> Weirdo. Sick fuck. No, no, no. Louis C.K. I know. I, love, <laughs> I fucking love Louis C.K. Yo, he's the funniest oh, dude. Oh my god. That's the worst part about comedy, because comedy comes from a dark space, and then we go, the greatest people are, it's like UFC, it is literally like UFC to me, a fighter Mm. is a person who fights, so why are we surprised when these people who are fighting all the time are fucked up? Yeah. You think fighting doesn't come from a dark space? We just watch it for entertainment. We think it's whatever. Yeah. The same idea with comedy. Comedy comes from a dark space. I was listening to... Fuck, what's the name? The guy who dated Ariana Grande after after Mac Miller. R.I.P. to Mac Miller, oh. by the way. Oh, fuck. Something Davidson. Pete Davidson. That's yeah. the thing. Good. All right, so Pete Davidson was talking about the fact that Every single day he wakes up, he suffers from anxiety, depression, and suicidal thoughts. Okay. To the point where he literally cannot control it. Uh-huh. Pete Davidson is funny as fuck. <laughs> where the hell do you think he gets that yeah. from? Yeah. It's like these people These people aren't just sunshine and roses. Kevin Hart, one of the, na- the name of one of his best specials is Laugh At My Pain. Yeah. Robin Williams was in constant pain. It's like the reality is, like, we 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 should expect a certain level of context whenever we look at all these things. If you don't, Dave Chappelle, Dave Chappelle is one is the funniest person, hands down, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Though his last two specials have come off as kind of preachy, they I are. Will, preachy. I will agree that he's he when he, when he's it's on his comedy. game, he's funny. That's the thing. People mischaracterize what he's doing. It's not comedy. It's not comedy. He's just socially speaking. Yeah. Ever after after the uh, <clears throat> sit down one where he was talking about uh, Iceberg Slim, I literally just thought of everything past that point is not comedy. It's literally just him 
talking. It's TED Talks to me, yeah. honestly. But he keeps coming to my TED Talks. Yeah. So like he comes, like he constantly comes from a place of personal hurt, personal life, personal situations, struggles, body dysmorphia, all sorts of stuff that he mm-hmm. dealt with. As and he made it into art. Yeah. And just and just like every single artist. They all like it's from a place of darkness, darkness. and then we're surprised that it's dark. I don't, <laughs> like I don't get it, man. It's like turning off the light. And like, hey, why is it so dark in here? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, even even this, even in doing this, like talking on a podcast, I speak from a place of my own internalized darkness. Uh, yeah, and that's the that's what allows me the opportunity to actually do so. I was listening to uh, Joe Budden talk about. Uh, Michael K. Williams mm-hmm. when he passed away he did this whole thing because they were legitimately close and he was talking about how Michael K. Williams like his ability to actually perform art comes from a legitimate place of darkness because he's been dark skinned his entire life he has a scar on his face and like every single thing he does like Omar from The Wire people asked him hey what motive what what what, what's your inspiration behind the character and he's like don't ever ask me that because you'll never understand because it's like how do you play such a dark character if you don't have darkness in you yeah how do you make light of all these situations if you don't come from the abyss it's like leave it alone because unless you're willing to understand it it's not worth the conversation not worth the conversation to understand, and that's ironically enough. That's where that's where I hope that a lot of people understood, like understand when it comes to, or a lot of people come from when it comes to like, like safe spaces. Safe spaces are not for people who aren't unsafe mm-hmm. or aren't feeling unsafe. Safe spaces are for people who are going through some shit, and if the world needs a safe space, probably means that the world's going through some shit. So. People who would be willing to go and talk in these places, like humanity as a whole, needs to understand that the point, the real, the reason why we need empathy nowadays is because everybody's fucked up in some way, and until we're willing to come together and literally like mm-hmm. talk to one another and understand that, just like how another person's belief system comes from some level of truth. It also comes from some level of pain that we can relate to. Like, we'll just never get anywhere. We'll never get to a place where people literally are able to coexist without causing conflict. Damn. That was heavy. <laughs> that was, that was, that was, I think, right. I know it's all good. I think, I think that's a good place to stop for today. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, you guys know our social medias. Um, did you want to give it to them one more time? We're probably going to do this every time. Yeah, so, probably. Uh, it's aka.kojo on Instagram, aka Kojo. Uh, yeah, that's all I got. And uh, you know where to find me at the, that's T-H-E dot Romulus. And where to find the Roaming Empire at the dot Roaming dot Empire. And these are both on Instagram. And we hope to see you there as well as see you next week. Or I guess at the end of this week. Uh, we'll, we'll, see. we'll figure we'll, it out. We'll see. <laughs> All right. And.